Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in.
Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. It's episode 286. We are getting up there. I'm Dave. I'm with the main man, Rich. Rich, how are you? I'm actually doing very well. Yourself? And you sound very smooth and kind of all put together this week. I've, I've been a frazzled speck of a human since we did the double interview and a show and I had a big tennis match and this week I've been spending in recovery. Um, but you sound uh, very, you know, like smooth and all. got it all put together tonight, Rich. Life's good, buddy. Life's good. Wow, we there it is. Don't often hear those words coming from your lips, Rich. <laughs> it depends on the weekend. Uh, Life's uh, the good. Shit that I've got to do for the show. You know? Life's good. Yeah, wow, we, we we could take that. We could call the show off now. It's as good as it's going to get for Rich. <laughs> um, well, I'm happy to hear you're happy, Rich. Now, I do want to say first thing before we even get started. Please, if you if this is your first show, well, you've got 285 more episodes to catch up on. Um, but in the last week, we had James DiMatteis, a really wide-ranging interview and a lot of information on his new Kickstarter, which he's launched at Spellbound Comics, and that is now backable. Um, I'm going to be backing it 100%, and I would strongly recommend you listen to the interview. You can hear JM pitch every single one of the comics that's included, uh, four from memory, and they've all got unique pictures with great artists attached, co-creators. Um, so check it out um, and definitely back JM. I mean, if you've enjoyed his work and you know he's been going for, yeah, for you, you, you can decades. you can you can either back the one that or, or buy the one that you like the most, or you can buy all four in the collection. That's right, and it's available in hard copy. It's available in um, digital. It's very easily attainable and it's also fully done um he was saying as well uh so it's like this is it's they're they're basically done um almost completely yeah yeah so so yeah you're not actually backing it you're basically just pre-ordering it or you're ordering it like for when it's ready to be uh shipped yeah that's exactly here rich you've summed it up um but anyway more more information on that check out the interview show we did with james debatez we also did one a few days before with elias magan I was, I was in my sweetest spot of all. We got into the room with Julie Schwartz and Elliot. Like, we were almost, it was the feel of the 70s, wasn't it, Rich? Uh, you know, I was really getting into it. Yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was great because I, I think that's the, the furthest back we've gone um, sure. with the people that we've interviewed. Well, um, I mean, in terms of, what do you mean? Um, like, in terms of people who are alive in the 70s? Plenty of people were alive. No, 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 but I mean, who's. Uh, Worked like who's worked, uh, yeah. yeah, who's worked and, and, and yes. like seminal in that period. Of yeah, life. good, yes, because Chuck um, did pitch to DC in the 70s or went to the offices and he's told her that we've, we've got a Chuck to take us through the train trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yes, uh, Elliot S. Maga was producing work in the 70s by DC. So, yeah, you're right, actually. That's two in a row, Rich, that you've been right on. Because um, I, I, I thought you were saying it was the first time. I thought you were saying it's the first time we've had someone who was alive in the seventies. I was like, I'm pretty sure Chuck was alive in the seventies. <laughs> I was alive in the seventies, literally. You know? Yeah, I was. Seventy four, man. Yeah. Well, yes. Like not 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 all of the seventies, Dave, but some of some it, of yeah. the seventies. Yeah, I wasn't doing a lot. Um, <laughs> I don't remember yeah, any. Even, I don't remember you, any. In fact, you may have just been shitting your pants. That's all. I was not doing much at all. Um, a sheltered childhood. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, but anyway. So yes, you are right. Elias Megan is the, and, and he may well hold that title because James Dimitrius 
literally his first work. At, so look, I mean, someone's going to correct me, but it's around 79, 78, mm. 9. You know, it's it's right around the very, very late 70s. Elliot S. Magan, uh, I want to say 1970, probably that Green Arrow story, right around there, mm. that Green Arrow, what, what, what more can a man do, whatever it's called. Um, yeah. Who else could we get from that era, man? Like um, Marv Wolfman? Um, there's a name from the 70s and 80s, man. John Ostrander, there's another big name from the 80s uh, onwards. Paul, Paul Levitz? Yeah, tough to get Paul Levitz. I'd love to I get know, Paul but Levitz. I, hey, you didn't ask what was easy. You just said... Uh, I would love to get... Paper. To be fair, um, we'd love to get Paul Levitz over on Legion Outpost as well because of his huge Legion run. I mean, yeah, that, that that's actually a... Um, well, he would be goal. interesting because, one, he's also done so much writing, but also he's had such a huge chunk of a career as a uh, an editor so at an executive at dc oh yeah like yep, a publisher or whatever he was like you know like the head of it all um yeah yeah paul levitz would be yeah well, we wouldn't say no to paul levitz uh, who was the other person that i had in my head tom defalco was probably around in the 70s uh he was definitely around in the 80s surely hmm. he started in the 70s you would think cool, yeah. um we've had him on the show but probably he got published at the beginning of like late seventies, you know what I mean? Because he was to look into this. Well, yeah, we're, we're speculating, but uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's not a competition, but like, yeah, you, you, you're you're talking about the time machine. Oh, you know who I'd love to get on? Uh, Kerry Bates. That's actually a, that's actually a oh goal. yeah yeah yeah. Now he started in the late sixties, getting published when he was really young, mm-hmm. like still a teenager, like sixteen ish. Um, he was getting work from DC late 60s, like 68-ish around there um, on his Legion and everything else. So, yeah, but uh, there's a lot of cool people. Um, well, have on, if you have um, listeners, if you have people in mind, like I'm quite open, like if you want to give me some suggestions and stuff, I'm quite happy to try to hunt some people down and, you know, get them on the show, uh, certainly, because I, I tend to go for my own interests um, which we all know is Bronze Age <laughs> and 80s, whatever the 80s is called. I call it, it's called the 80s. Uh, probably we should get more Punisher writers on, frankly. You know, get we should, well, I guess we've had Chuck and Mike on many times, uh, but, you know. Others. Well, I mean, so the, some of the 80s is still Bronze Age because I think yes. Bronze Age stops when we get crisis. to the, the crisis, yeah, which was yeah, that's right. mid Mid-80s? Yeah, like eighty-five or something. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, so bronze goes pretty much right up until crisis. So, and then right. crisis, you get the um, the I don't know what you would call it, Iron Age. No, they call age, it modern age. Know. I think, yeah, post Watchmen, modern age. I believe they call it. Yeah, but they're going to have to give it some metal name because obviously we're going to, we're in a new age now. Now is technically the modern age. Now, now is the crap age. Um, <laughs> the fucking worthless age. What's that is well, what's what's with what's zinc? No. Fool's gold, you know, like fool's gold, like the fool's gold age, like lead. Know, Just lead. lead. Yeah. Like lead I, I would say lead is more useful than to the stuff today. No, but the, the expression is always like a lead balloon, you know, like yeah. something that's just heavy or weighs you down. Or... Yeah, indeed. Oh, you know who? You know who? Tin. Tin. What are you? What are you saying? Ink. That can be the tin age. Tin age. Yeah. Today's the tin age. Very flimsy. Flimsy crap. You know who I've been chatting to. And he's uh, advancing in years. Don Perlin. Surely he was around in the 70s, man. He's 95, 95, 96. As you said, everyone's been alive in the 70s. Well, dude, I mean, come on, man. You can't tell me Don Perlin wasn't in his element, surely, in the 70s, man. 
He's probably get him just... on and we'll ask him if he was in his element. <laughs> well, we need to get him on the show, man. He said, catch me in the summer. Um, that was his comment to me. Um, last I heard from Don Perlin, but still rolling on, on um, Facebook. He's an inspiration to me, like that he can still punch out drawings and stuff and still communicate in his mid-90s. I actually think that's really... Ins- I, I personally think that's really inspiring that someone can do that. Like, you're in your mid-90s and you're still able to put stuff together on Facebook. You know, I'm I'm 48, dude, and I feel like I'm a burnout wreck. Um, plus 50 years almost onto that. You know what I'm saying, Rich? You you hear the respect and it's like about, you know. It's all about state of mind, Davey. It's all about state of mind. My mind's not great. <laughs> <laughs> See, you you feel like you're getting older, and in a lot of cases, I feel like I'm getting younger. Jesus, really? That is depressing. Really, you're getting yeah. younger. Yeah, I don't feel like, well, put it this way, I don't feel like I'm aging. Jesus Christ, I do. Um, yeah, well, that's good, man, you know. The only time I feel old is when I read these terrible books and go, Jesus <laughs> Christ, am I that old that I don't get it anymore? But other than that, no, I don't, I don't, I never feel old. I brought up to a friend, Bobby Darren, the other day. And, uh, you know, like that's, that's reaching back in the way back machine. Bobby Darren, that's not a name that like a lot of people are still throwing around. I threw that around in conversation. Um, you know, but I, I do, felt, felt like showing your age, hey? Yeah, show my age and then some, I would say. But it's good, to, <laughs> it's good to hear you're so positive and upbeat tonight, Rich. Let's hope that continues for the next four hours. Um, now, <laughs> uh, I am reading a book, which I've been reading for some time, but I went back to it, How Rome Fell. What a great book. Uh, Adrian Goldsworthy, he's written books on Caesar, the Punic Wars, a lot of books on early Rome, but this is on the fall of Rome, and it's actually more about the reasons why and stuff. Like, it's quite in-depth. Um, fascinating. And sort of like, he very scholarly, or however you say that word, scholarly, but um, also quite readable, like quite accessible. You know what I mean? Like, it's a good read. So I've, got, I've actually got it on, um, I've got it on Audible, I think, but I've also got the... Um, the copy on my on my iPad and um, really enjoying it, man, because sometimes I just can't understand how it fell, the empire. But it was internal and external pressure, Rich. It was both, you know? Civil wars were the ruination of the of the Roman Empire in a lot of ways, man, as well as the, uh, you know, the, the maintenance of the army, the cost of the army on the economy was quite staggering, you know? I mean, look, I mean, let, let's be honest. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bunch of dominoes, isn't it? It's not one... No. When it comes to the, it didn't happen overnight, and it wasn't one linchpin or something like that. It was a, it was a cascading effect that just went from bad to worse. Yeah, it's a sad day that the empire fell. I mean, when it fell in name, it was already you know it was already done and dusted. But when they officially called it the end, like the last emperor was killed, it was it was already a, a, a shadow of its former self. You know, but then it, it did exist in Byzantine for many years after that, many centuries after that as well, like the Eastern Roman mm-hmm. Empire. So, oh, it was a pretty slow death. Yeah, I know. Just, I would love to be that guy to turn it around. You know what I mean? I always see if only I could be immortal, and so I could, you know, because as far as I'm concerned, mortality was one of the enemies of the empire. The fact that the emperors had to age and wither away and die and be replaced, if they could have had one more stable kind of, you know, central figure, like a god emperor, it could have lasted longer, Rich. But sadly, they were human, as far as I'm aware. Um, <laughs> any comments, Rich? As far as you're aware. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but you know what? I mean, just because you're immortal doesn't make you smart. Sure. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Good point. Yeah, you could be. A, you could be a fool. Yeah. And could leave. be a total dumbass. It's, you know, just because you're immortal doesn't mean you can save anything or affect anything. But you know, you I feel like you, you know, I feel like I could have turned around. Oh, I know. That's how you feel. Yeah, hundred percent, man. You, were, I would have been like, I would have been in there in the maps, just constantly twenty four seven living the empire, you know, just living the dream. Like I would have driven up the military budget, something crazy as well. That would only be my weakness. That possibly I could have been fighting on too many fronts, you know. More than likely. Yeah, there is definitely that potential for me, because you know, I would, I would eye some country, you know, a little bit east, and think hmm, that looks juicy. <laughs> like to impose the Iron Legion on them, you know. Well, I want a, I want a bit of that, thank you. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, rape and pillage style, and then conquer, <laughs> and well, maybe, I'm sorry. Uh, maybe you should just be a Viking. It was an ancient times, man. Anything went. It wasn't PC. Maybe, maybe you want to fantasize of being a Viking if you want to rape and pillage. Well, you know, I also love Vikings, so yeah. I mean, that's no, that's no surprise at all. But but regardless, it did fall. That that we know, we aren't sure about. Alien contact in the Empire. We aren't sure about the influences there. We aren't confident about the pyramids. A lot of question marks being raised. I put uh, again, sorry, not not we. Yeah, well, you. you, you're more skeptical than me. Did you notice I asked JM if he had an alien encounter? I kind of think it kind of threw him. I just I started out with that. I was like, "Have you had any encounters with aliens?" And he was like, "You mean like actual aliens?" I'm like, "Yeah, tell us." <laughs> I was hoping for a second. I was hoping he was going to say yes, and you know, oh, yeah, I got abducted, blah blah blah. Like, <laughs> but badly um, for you, no. Oh, I was disappointed. <laughs> I got quite excited. I think I just puzzled him with my line of questioning. Um, now, anyway, moving away from the empire because obviously I could spend forever on it. Um, we've got a great. Uh, what have you been doing this week, Rich? We haven't even asked you what's been going on in your life. What have you been reading, watching? Busy. Uh, no, I'm just busy with regular life stuff. I haven't really, really been. I don't think I've actually been. Oh, uh, I watched the. Um... Oh, so Spy Family, the first set episode of season two drops. I'm uh, watching that. And then there's a new anime called Chainsaw Man. Right. We shall watch the first episode of that. You'll like that, Dave. Uh, uh, yeah, Chainsaw why? What, what, what well, is this? a guy that basically um, he's killed. It's this kid who's killed <laughs> and he's demon. Yeah. Dog basically combines with him, and now he can turn <laughs> his head and his arms into chainsaws. That's pretty hilarious. And, and <laughs> just like go to town and shit. I was just watching again. I think Dave would enjoy. That, that actually sounds cool. Like I'm not into the anime like you, but that actually sounds alright. Do you have like anime lab or whatever it's called? Like, do you, do you I have... got Crunchyroll? Yeah, Crunchyroll. Yeah. So you can can you watch that stuff on your TV? Is that how you do it? Yeah, yeah. It's an app, just like Netflix and all that. Right. Really. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. Chainsaw Man. What was the other one? You said Spy Family. Oh, yeah, Spy Family. It's a cool comedy. Um... You really are down with the kids, aren't you, Rich? You're really kind of cutting edge. Like, you're into all this Not, not really. Stuff. No, no. Compared, compared to my uh, weeb friends, right. I, I'm I'm a layman. What's a weeb again? You told me this. Like, it's a Japanese... Language. Oh, yeah, just someone that, like, really immerses themselves in Japanese culture and, like, just, right. you know, yeah, which basically has a dream of being Japanese. <laughs> right okay uh right yeah I, i've heard the term i never quite understood what it meant but that actually makes sense with how the context of so they're fans of the culture and the media and all that kind of right, stuff yeah right? oh yeah the media food culture oh, the like, food as well yeah 
I don't mind. I, I quite like Japanese food, frankly. I, I love a bit of Japanese food. Um, uh, and I'm pretty much most of them at some point will learn Japanese just so that they can right. watch the original thing without, Jesus. you know, the, the, the dubbing. Well, it's good to learn another language. Dubbing, know. I should say. It's good to learn another language. Like, that is, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't be bothered. But those who bother to do it, like, I mean, it's a very interesting place to, to visit Japan. I mean, it's a fascinating place. I can understand the. The attraction, um, maybe I wouldn't get into it to that level, but I mean, yeah, it's a very fascinating culture, and I mean, modern Japan, you know, now it, they're they're just light years ahead in so many ways, you know, like um, great culture and a great history as well. So, no, I can understand the attraction. I'm not going to go around learning Japanese just to watch anime, but um, th- those guys and gals, they take it all the way, though. Don't they? There's a lot of them too. I guarantee you, a lot of those. Not a lot, but a sizable percentage of those who are reading the manga well, and stuff. What I find, well, to be fair, yeah, weebs, they're not fully into the culture. It's mainly just the sort of manga, anime, yeah. um, uh, sort of modern culture. Because any weeb I've ever spoken to, mm. whenever I start talking to them about, like, old samurai movies, they just look at me like, what? what? I don't I don't know what you're talking really? about. Really? Like, oh, oh, they're, they're, they're not into that stuff. See, that I'm, I'm more into that stuff than I'm into yeah. the fucking... No, that's what I said. Like, the weaves are more into, like, the anime, right. manga, uh, pop culture. They, they're more on the sort of, like, the, the modern yeah. pop culture side of it. They're not really into the... Well, I'm sure there's some, but I'm saying the ones I've met. Are they eating a lot of noodles and stuff? There a lot of the udons and that kind of stuff going down? Oh, God, yeah. Yes, yes. yes. I, I don't mind an udon, actually. Like... Uh, Chicken Karage or Karagi or have you pronounce it? Like, you, like mm-hmm. destroy those. Like, uh, really, real. Next to Kinnikinia, actually, they've got a nice little Japanese kind of like. Uh, it's not. I mean, it's you can sit down and um, like it's basic restaurant style. Like, it's just sit down style, and they serve you. But it's nice. Like, really nice. I, I enjoy it. Um, go there every couple of weeks. Now, um. So you've been busy, Rich, and you're happy today, which is... I, if only we could bottle this mood on a regular basis for you, Rich. I don't know if there's a way that someone... Some technology uh, that we could imprint that's, you. Well, Dave, that's the thing. I think I think people have a m- misconception about me. I'm generally happy. It's just that some right. of the shit on, that I have to watch <laughs> and, and read on the show irks me. Yeah, that's fair enough, man. It irks me too. Um, now... <laughs> It irks me a lot. A lot of the bullshit that we have to encounter and discuss does irk me. I agree. I don't mind taking a few shots. I've. Would you say I've taken a few shots in my time, Rich? Like when I call for that guy to be tried for treason. Um, you've had you've had the odd uh, shot, yes. Yeah. Now we've got a great email from uh, Michael Kellishan that just came in today, um, and we'll discuss it. We might break it. It's in two bits. So, Dave, news. You may have heard the good news. John Kent's Superman comic has been cancelled. Tom Taylor denies it, but the numbers are in. The thing barely had 30k in sales. A couple of months ago, the allegedly popular Brazilian Wonder Girl comic was also cancelled. Odd how DC cancels all these fan favourite titles, huh? Yeah, I've got to say, like, John Kent Yeah, sucks. but the problem is he's, he's, they're relaunching him with a new title with a new name. So right. they're just doing the old Marvel thing of, oh, it's not selling, we're going to cancel it and try and repackage it. With another number but I mean, one. What's the point? Like, it, this character sucks. And and re- uh, repackaging well, it with, like, a different title, it's the same character, same same writer yeah, but, as well. But, but, but again, it's the collectors. You know, you slap a number one on it. You're oh, the number one will sell. The number one will sell, yeah, what yeah, I'm talking about. Point. You'll, you'll get a bit of a spike, and mm. then as it declines, then you scrap it again and get the... You go for that spike again. That's it's that's the new market strategy now. 
It's very short. Jesus Christ, they think short term. They really do. They just, oh, oh, yeah. they just oh, yeah. like it's it, it, it's actually appalling their their business model. It, it is actually appallingly bad. Now uh, he continues. Remember how the Western comic companies proclaimed victory with record sales for comics? The sales figure from last month revealed that only one graphic novel in the top 20 was a Western comic, and that was ranked 19, all the rest are manga. That doesn't surprise me. The manga section at Kinnikinia is massive and growing. Like, people really are. I'm not one of them, but they're swallowing it up. They're loving it. Um, Even the bookstore that I used to work at, the book company yeah. that I used to work at, um, I went in there recently, yeah. and... Um, Oh, yeah, man, the manga section there has even grown exponentially. Well, can so. someone please recommend? Well, I'll tell you what I want. Like, uh, Rich, you're kind of on the ball with the chainsaw stuff, but, like, really dark, violent, bloody, kind of with a sense of humour, maybe a little bit, like vampire stuff, that kind of stuff. Like, I want something more adult than what they serve up. Whenever I look at manga, it seems really childish to me. I'm just like, this seems fucking Oh, lame. no, mate. The, the, the problem is, is that's the... That, that should... So, manga with anime, they have very different um, markets, okay? Yeah. So, unlike Western... So, when you've got Western stuff, they have tried it over the, over the periods, but manga slash anime, they've got... They've basically got an entire genre for young boys. Yeah, right. They've got an entire genre for young girls. Then they have an entire genre for adult uh, uh, boys or young men. And then they've got an entire section for um, adult girls. Well, I probably want adult male. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that a lot of the younger stuff is the one that – the the stuff that turns out to be more popular because obviously it hits a much wider – demographics yeah. so for instance like your stuff like dragon ball naruto sure like like that is technically young boy yeah stuff but that's the most popular stuff because obviously it's it's big it's action it's yeah it's fun and all that sort of stuff but there is some really um if you want something that's really it's a sci-fi very bloody not like it's not like overly comedic or whatever there's a, a manga slash anime called gants g-a-n-t-z that's uh-huh. really like graphically violent not vampires, but it's graphically violent. Right. What's it called? Gantz. G-A-N-T-Z. Okay. Well, that's all right. You know. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, well, it's something. I'm just reading a funny thing here about Jennifer Lopez is making Ben Affleck spend money on everything they do. He's like her personal bank account. He plays for their private jet flights, their vacations, hotels, lavish gifts, and fine dining whenever they go out. The limos are all in his tab too, and he's always buying things. <laughs> It's pretty ironic since he's not worth nearly what she is, but he knows he's paying off an emotional as well as financial debt. <laughs> Whatever. Like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? That's hilarious. That, like, oh, Ben Affleck's just, Batflex's just paying out and out and out and out for J-Lo. Well, I mean, she's J-Lo. She's worth it, I guess. Like, Yeah, but obviously she's not Jenny from the block anymore. No, she's worth fucking a ton of money herself. Like they're both worth a fortune. Um, now uh, he's got a bit more news here. Now I do want to mention this is Michael's words, which we are then going to discuss. So this isn't my opinion necessarily. I, I have not read it in full, but this is, he's reporting some information, which we will then discuss. Uh, in local Michigan news, my hometown of Dearborn takes a national spotlight on banning books from school libraries. Parents are furious that elementary school teachers are promoting LGBT grooming and pornographic books to their classroom children some as young as 10. 
The Dearborn School Board meeting was cancelled a few days ago when hundreds of parents stormed the meeting and it had to be rescheduled to a larger hall. One parent spoke of, told how his child rented a book from the school library that described in detail how children can download sex apps to find adults for sex meetups. Some of the books sound like porno how-to manuals aimed especially at kids. The only people to defend giving X-rated materials to kids were the school teachers themselves. The media usually tries to label these parents as white supremacist homophobes, but nearly all the parents were Middle Eastern Muslims. I drove through Dearborn today and saw the school board all up for re-election in a few weeks, so it sounds like Islamic parents will be voting them out of office soon. And that's what's happening in my neighbourhood. How are things in Hornsby? Oh, by the way, I have to call you and Richard out. Making fun of Daredevil's new suit? How dare you make fun of how a blind man dresses himself? You should be ashamed. Smiley face, Michael. Now, let's cover this. Now, I will say that I do think giving how-to sex guides to kids younger than 10 is a mistake, frankly. Um, it, that, that is not good. Good. Um, that is not wise, you know. But I will say this. I was, because I read his email. I will, this is just, I'm going to give you my opinion and Rich, you can give yours. Like, there is no, mm -hmm. there is no right or wrong. These are opinions. Like, I believe in today's age, because we have come a long way from when I was in school in the, in the 80s, basically, where, they really frowned on anything like LGBT gay. It was it was pretty much not. Uh, it was it was blacklisted. Now there'd be a lot of gay parents with children, so I think it makes sense to at least show that someone could have two mummies or two daddies. Like I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think you need to go into the details of it because I don't think the kids even need to understand any of the sex stuff at that really young age. But I do think that it, it is acceptable. There are gay parents out there. There are quite a lot of them these days. And so I don't think that's a bad thing. The, the how-to guides to children less than 10 I, I, is, I think, really not wise because I think kids are inquisitive and without even... And I'm, I'm certainly not a, I'm not a parent myself, so I'm no expert, but I do think sometimes that some of these... You will have some that will just do things just for the sheer curiosity factor that's been sparked up by reading some of this stuff. So... Yeah, I mean, I'm against the how-to guides to kids that young. I, I just think it's pointless. And I think I was chatting to someone the other day on Facebook and um, it was all this stuff about transsexuals and they're teaching them to kids of five. I think five is far too young to even understand those concepts. That's just my opinion. Um, you know, I'm not really looking for a massive argument for the internet. I'm just merely giving my opinion. Uh, Rich, where are you on this? Um, top, complicated yeah, I mean, top. obviously... I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't think any sexual content should be um, available for kids in a school library. I don't care what the context is. Mm. There shouldn't be anything, on, especially how to, mm. um, you know, like how to have access to it and all that sort of shit. Because I'm, I'm one of those people that, uh, I'm sorry, people can call me old-fashioned, but I don't believe that children should have smartphones. Um, I, I believe at a certain age they should have a mobile phone. How do you define children, though, Rich? Are you saying before teenage? Yeah, so basically, I would honestly, I would say, uh, look, I, I, I could be argued, but I would say anything under 13. Mm. Um, but these days, under, every kid has one, like, you know, like... Yeah, but that's my point is, but they should have a, a, a mobile phone. I don't have a problem with a... Uh, an eight, nine, you know, because you're like, oh, if something happens at school or, mm. you know, because maybe you, you, you go to school, you walk to school, you get a bus to school, whatever. I'm okay with kids having a mobile phone, right? Just so they can call mommy or daddy or if, if there's, but a smartphone, I kind of feel like too many young kids have smartphones anyway. 
um because again it's just it's a what it's an open highway to you know <laughs> all sorts of shit online which they're not really mm. ready for i, I would and... say that once I, I would think once a kid passes like 10 and it's like 11 12 that in these days with today's Culture. Maybe if they can show that they're responsible, but if sure. not, then you keep them on the mobile phone. For well, I'm, I'm on the same track as you there. I'm not a million miles away from you. I think that's reasonable, yeah. you know. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It's it's a, I, I don't know. It's a weird world we live in where um, I don't really have any issues with most people's lifestyles and all that. I just find it so weird how it's just so many people bending over backwards to change the world for, like, you know... <sighs> one percent of the population it's just mm. i don't know it, it, well, it's, it's always bad but but i think part of it is like i hear what you're saying and i also think it's 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 a strangely first world dilemma because you look at like countries like um uh china russia um and like huge elements of the third world and they are so far back in terms of their attitude towards those topics like they are full-on like authoritarian you know or Fundament, yeah, but fundamentalist, mean, you know? But it doesn't mean that we have to overcompensate here. For no, no, I'm saying that's the amusing it's... thing. We're tearing ourselves apart, you know, mm. uh, at times. And, well, it's almost, you know, it's, it's in, a, in a sense, it's the same outcome, but just like a different uh, way of getting there because they still divided there where you have people living in fear. And but it's full of repression, you know? Yeah, but no, but yeah, now it's like, it's got to the point where, good God, if you just, if you don't happen to be, pro sure. something you know yeah. what I mean? like you're not anti like i'm i'm that sort of like yeah, you're kind of neutral. Person. i'm like i'm not pro i'm not anti i'm just me i i you am pro I mean? but but not to the crazy extent i think i i, I think i have some limits and possibly that's my age and ex own experiences and stuff but i look i i, I came through an education system that was you know in all honesty awful um, in a lot of ways, not every way, but like the baseline experience was pretty, pretty, pretty bad. And in terms of the views of teachers and every, like so much could have been done better than was done, you know, like, and it was, it was really, frankly, a, a failure of a system, you know, as far as I was concerned. And I thought it at the time and I think it now, um, that I could only hope is improved, but you know, this is the thing. To improve, you have yeah, to change. Yeah, but that's the point. You know, step I don't know if it has improved because I feel like in schools now, there's far more indoctrination than sure. education. So who's... I think they have a, I think they have a hard really time controlling the kids, man. I mean, you've got a lot of nephews and stuff, don't you, and nieces and everything. Like, mm -hmm. I believe that there's a fair amount of challenge in controlling the kids these days, you know? like Oh, these days there is. But again, that's because of... Um, one, I think children today eat far more processed food than what we used to. They have their their brains are bombarded with right. um, with um, videos, information. You know, like so many kids, I see them, and and my, my nephews and nieces are no different. Mm. They just want to sit on the iPad, sure. You know what I mean, and and watch you know these videos and stuff, and they get very aggressive if if the video goes off or you know something like that. So I just think. Yeah, it isn't an issue today, but it's certainly not helping that we're not teaching uh, at schools. We're not really teaching how to think. We're teaching kids what to think. Mm. Um, to just to just regurgitate. Mind you, that was how school was for me. It was it was full on indoctrination, like ridiculous levels of indoctrination. Like to I I would hope 
now, they would have more of a forum kind of idea. That's weird. I come from South Africa and we, we were just taught, we were just educated. We were just taught history. We were taught math. We were taught English. There wasn't no... Oh, no, but see, I, like, I look back now, look, I, and I had some good teachers, don't get me wrong. Certainly not every teacher I had. I, I had some good ones, but I, but the, the method of it was very archaic. And I look at it now and, and I just think it's a miracle that, like, some people got through unscathed, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not in the schools. I, I don't know how the methods of teaching are now. I'm sure they've changed radically since the 80s. You know, I was out of school 91, I think. Yeah, 91. And, um, you know, and my last couple of years of school were quite enjoyable, frankly. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it because finally you're getting to a stage where you were treated like as someone who, you know, had a mind and there was more, con- con- you know, conversation in the class and stuff and more of a forum kind of thing rather than just like, these are the facts you know no i don't know Dave. see I, I don't know maybe because i have all these nephews and all that i'm i'm a pro corporate punishment kind of guy i'm sure i i i don't believe that you try and talk to children like they're adults like yeah. i think that that's a big problem today is there's so many parents that want to they, they're like, I don't want to be like my parents. I don't want to be strict. I don't want my kids to hate me. I want, I want to be their oh, friends. Oh, you need some I want, rules. Yeah. I want to teach, you know, I want to talk to them. No, you need to understand why this is wrong. And, mm. you know, you need to, and it's like, no, that's not how kids think. Sure. Adult, when you're an adult, when you go, oh my God, I made someone feel bad. That doesn't mm. make me feel good. Or, mm. oh, I, I, I made a mistake there. I shouldn't have done that. I need to learn and, and mm. not make them. That's how adults think. That's not how children think. And, yeah. and there's too many parents that try and they, they want to try and treat their, their kids like adults to get them to understand and be more, you know, evolved. And it's like, no, you, they have a child brain for God's sake. Stop. You need to be the bad guy. Like, yeah, no, I, I remember this, yeah. you know, like I, I said, like, I give you a perfect example because yeah. I, I had this conversation with my sister. Like when a kid says, you know, I want this, you yeah. say no. Right. And sure. then when the kid goes, Why? You don't say to the kid because it's going to upset your stuff, you know, or it's going to ruin your dinner. You just say, because I said so. You're not there to explain yourself to the kid. <laughs> no is no. That's funny. <laughs> and so I'm old school. When well, I mean, that's, 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 that's old school. like in fairness, that's exactly what my mother would have said when we were growing up. Like, you know, exactly. There, there, it wasn't, you know, if you were rejected with a no, then that was it there was no changing she might she might change oh, a bit no, later but no, like, no. My, my mother's favorite catchphrase uh whenever i would even remotely even try to start like crying to get my way yeah she would literally put her face into mine and say do you want me to give you something to cry for yeah Bang. and then i'd shut up and go like no i don't want to get smacked <laughs> yeah well yeah like, I i'm mean... sorry like and as far as I'm concerned, I don't have any issues. I don't have to see a psychologist. No, I'm a pretty well-rounded person. I've not scarred from my parents' upbringing, so I'm not no, sure no, no. why these people think that children from my generation are somehow scarred today because of the, you know, the the, the disciplined upbringing I had. But I my my complaints aren't with my parents. It's with the education system at the time. I I mean, you know, I I didn't appreciate it at all. I went to Catholic school for a number of years and, and oh, maybe I, that's me. I didn't go to a Catholic school. I just went to like, but I went to another school as well before that, uh, which was terrible. So poorly run, so understaffed, uh, the kids out of control. Then I went to Catholic school. They had more discipline, but it was a terrible system. 
you know, I guess locals. It's a school by school basis, unfortunately. Some people are better running a school than it is, but like, but that's a, that it is. That's exactly that's exactly right. Now, I believe it is a very challenging job being a teacher. I would not want to be one. I, I believe it is very challenging, um, and it's only got a more challenging, I think, in the last couple of decades. But it's yeah. crazy, you know. Something I've always thought, like, okay, yeah, I understand teaching is hard and all that, but man, you get so much time off. Yeah, but there's a lot of lesson planning that you. I know some teachers, and a lot. There's a lot of lot of out of school time that they've got to be doing work and stuff. You know, preparing for classes and stuff. It is actually, I think, quite a tough job for the pay. I, I think it's one of the tougher jobs for the pay they get. Like, it isn't isn't. Yeah, you are right. But like, when I think of my job, I mean, look, there's a bit of out of time stuff, but it's not it's not crazy you know it's stuff that i can do while i'm doing other things sometimes you know a lot of it's emails a lot of it's this a lot of it's that like it's not in-depth study hour after hour which i do believe with the teachers preparing a classes it, it really can be quite challenging I, I actually wanted to be a teacher the problem was is i hated kids so yeah well it's a bit of a drawback isn't it now, once i realized that i have no patience for teaching someone if they didn't get it straight away i was like okay maybe I, maybe i can't be a teacher yeah <laughs> that's hilarious um, now, next week, we've got a special show, actually. We're going to do the show with Aaron uh, from um, Headcast, uh, the Headcast Network. He does like a G.I. Joe show, uh, Real American Headcast. And um, Aaron Head is his name. And he's going to be coming on, Rich. We're going to do the regular show with him next week. So it'll be a regular single Doom show. So shout out to Aaron, um, who's preparing as we speak. The book we're going to do is we're going to do the first 10 issues of John Ostrander's Firestorm run from, I want to say, mid-'80s, Rich. I think I'm right in saying that. When John Ostrander took over Firestorm, Aaron is a massive DC guy from the 80s, Rich. That's a oh, big that's specialty. Cool. And I said, the, I said that's DC. right up Richard's alley, like his DC in the 80s and all that kind of stuff. So I think it'll be a really wide-ranging and fun discussion. Um so I just wanted to promote that. Now, Clerks 3 is out on streaming. I'm actually excited to watch it. I've heard some good things about it. Um, I know you've been, up, you've been up and down on Kevin Smith. The whole time I've known you, Kevin Smith has been like the stock market with you. He's been up, he's been down. I think Kevin Smith's films, not even recent years, for the last fucking 10, 15 years, have been pretty appalling most of the time. Uh, and I will say some of them just woefully bad. This one's supposed to be a bit better. Rich, what do you think of Clerks 3 and your expectations for it? Uh, some people say it's good. I'm sorry, I don't care. Um, he's, right. He's, he's burnt that bridge with me, and I don't care if he finally made another good movie. He's I, I have no more goodwill towards. What's Kevin this? Smith. Is this because of the Master Universe thing? Uh that was the that was the final. That was the straw nail in the coffin. But sure. he's he's done shitty things like. Um, ever since he started becoming like a corporate bootlicker, basically. Oh like, yeah, because there was. Sure. That would go, you know, that's like basically, that's the opposite of, of the brand that you built. Like, you were the guy with his podcast empire that was like for the fans, you know. Mm. You would call out Hollywood on their bullshit and their casting and, you know, the shitty movies and mm. how they were destroying uh, properties and franchises and shit. And then all of a sudden, you just flipped. And now, and now you're the bootlicker. Oh, there's no, like, there's oh, no critical opinion. Everything is great and right, and yeah. you know they're the best in the world. And I'm sorry. Um, and then it just came to a head with the the He-Man thing. Um, I'm done. No, he's 
That bridge is gone. Sorry, Kevin. I won't be. I won't be watching your movie. Well, you've got to watch it to review it, Rich, for the show. So you know. <laughs> mm, sure I I can do it. I I can do the review. I'll by next week. I'll I'll have done. Um, I'll have watched it and I'll review it. Now I will say that his reboot movie was just. I I thought fucking terrible. Like you know, like some of the stuff he's done. Like I'm just. I I honestly am like. I am surprised this even gets made. It's so bad. Like I, I, I saw. You know, the problem with him is that he hasn't, he hasn't evolved or grown up. No. So if you look at Quentin Tarantino, like mm. you can see that how Quentin Tarantino's movies, while they have stayed Quentin Tarantino, you can mm. see where he's changed, how he's evolved, sure, how make how he makes movies and tells a story has sort of evolved. You know, has mm. gotten better. Um, the problem with Kevin Smith is it's yeah he's still like a juvenile delinquent trapped in you know an old man's body he just I don't think he's grown up when it comes to his writing and his he doesn't challenge himself like uh, yeah, either as yeah. a creator Quentin Tarantino has challenged himself he has his tropes but he he challenges himself to he pushes himself to 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 sort of get his material doesn't always achieve it but a lot of times he does but I would say Kevin Smith has been one of the most boring filmmakers in the last 20 years. Like, any early promise that he had, which was, he had a fair amount of it, um, he squandered with, you know, people wonder why he's going to crowdsourcing for... Now, I actually, there was a moment where I thought that Kevin Smith um, was evolving and and becoming a better filmmaker, and that was with um, Red State. Yeah, some people liked it, yeah. Yeah, but my point is, it wasn't juvenile. It wasn't. Yeah, it was like he was saying, "I've grown up. I'm going. I, I want to make grown-up movies." But 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 since then, he's reversed that the no, opposite exactly. direction. He, yeah, yeah. It's like he, he. It's like he. He got gun shy. It was like, oh no, they didn't like it. So I'm just going to go back to making the yeah lowest the, common denominator the juvenile fart joke, you know, movies. Yeah. And it's such a shame because I thought that was the. I thought that was the corner where he was going to turn and and try and follow Quentin into, you know, he could still make it a bit like lighthearted and, and still tap into his comedy, but I thought he was going to like mature mm, as, yeah. as a filmmaker. And, and he, he hasn't. I think what also happened is he realized that he may not have had the chops to be a serious, you know, filmmaker director. Whereas if he keeps doing this, what I call lowest common denominator stuff, he he keeps a segment of his fan it's a base shame, alive. Though, because know? while Red State wasn't a perfect movie for his first foray into that, I thought it was actually pretty good. That was decent. I, yeah. I thought there was definitely like I was like, okay, you know what? This is a good start. If you can go, build from here, grow from here, I think you could be a fine movie, you know, hmm. a, a fine movie maker. But he just called it quits after that. Did so. you like Tusk? No. Mm. Was it, that was a strange film, <laughs> frankly. What's the one? Where is it Red State where there's like a sort of horn or something going off about the end of the world? Something like something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, that Red State is actually you think it's a movie about like um uh a, a, um the FBI sort of surrounding this compound yeah with uh, uh these um cult people and all that, but it turns out they are right, and there is actually the end of the world coming. Yeah, but again, it was a good premise. Was I, good, I, was no, I, see that is that's the one that I remember thinking that's a decent movie. I, I enjoyed yeah. it like as a film. Whereas, uh, obviously, I haven't seen the Clerks three yet, but Jay and Silent Bob reboot. 
I mean, I, 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 when I say I didn't make it through, I tried twice and I made it like two thirds away. I was like, this is awfully bad. Like, I would never, ever have watched this if it didn't even have his name attached. I, I actually thought it was some of the worst stuff I've ever seen, like, in terms of a mainstream movie and the lack of effort that was displayed. Like, the, the, the cynical just lack of effort, shoot fish in a barrel of his, of his most rusted-on diehard fans who can't be that many anymore. I've got to say, his fan base must have just disintegrated over the last 20 years. I'm sure it's shrunk, yes. Oh, uh, it it's have shrunk to. bit by bit over the years. It has to. Well, it would have to, because I, was, I, was, I saw every single one of his movies, apart from Clerks, which I didn't see because I saw that on video, I backed every one of his movies until Jay and Silent Bob struck back. And I saw that in cinemas. And, and I actually said to the person I was with, was my ex-girlfriend, I said, this is terrible like this is actually i thought indefensibly bad that's how bad i thought that movie was and when they said they were going to reboot that i was like that's one of the weakest movies he ever made you know um what a strange decision to reboot that one oh, it wasn't a reboot it was a play on the fact that they would i know but but even to go back to it like but what i found so funny was it wasn't even a movie that was poking fun that much you know what i mean like he said it was supposed to be a movie to poke fun at like all the reboots and remakes that Hollywood was doing, but it really didn't. No. Like it was it wasn't like some commentary on um on Hollywood. It's it's almost like a there was a, a lie to get people to watch it. Yeah, I um, think he's gotten very cynical in his old age. I, I think he's gotten very adept at sort of just trying to keep on to whatever fan base he can and just trying to please those people like He's gone into that trap because I think, you know, as I said, I don't think he... I, I, I think he probably has doubts that he could even pull it off having a serious film career and, and directing, actually, proper movies and stuff. I, you know, he always says how he doesn't want to direct a, a Marvel or DC movie or anything, and I'm like, Jesus. He said he does, but he said that he won't get offered that. Didn't he say that? No, he, he, he came out... No, he, no, no, he came out, like, to, like this week and was saying, oh, no, like... um. It was. It, it's all painfully obvious stuff, which I hate. I hate repeating because it's so obvious. But basically, he was saying, "I would never do Marvel or DC." And everyone tells me I should, but like the amount of shit these people get when they produce their movies, like I, I my heart just got destroyed by Master Universe. Yeah, you know, people telling me that I ruined their childhood. I just couldn't take it, and I'm just no, like, that, yeah, that's what I mean. It's not that he doesn't want to do it; is that he feels like. Um, people would hate what he did because of Masters of the Universe, how people reacted to that. But that's so pathetic from a director. Yeah, well, he's, a, he's become a pathetic man. Yeah, uh, to me, that's just really like, wow. So you just, and then he's like, and you know, there's a million guys who can do that. And there is, make those movies. Whereas there's only one man who can make Kevin Smith movies. And I'm just thinking, how much longer can you sustain this career? Because these movies, I mean, look, maybe Clerks 3 will be decent. Apparently, it's all about the heart attack. So the. Lead, you know the lead clerk. I forget what his name is. You know the guy, um, Brian O'Halloran. I think plays him. Like, well, but this is why I say so sad. He could have actually kept making these clerk movies mm. and still grown as a filmmaker if he had continued doing movies like Red State or more adult stuff, where he could have once in a while, you know what I mean? Like now I'll make Clerks Two, and I want it to be a commentary about growing up, or you know, your life changing. And then, yes, now, like with Clerk 3, he goes, oh, I wanted to make about mortality 
that would be great. The problem is you've made in between these Clerks movies, which I think are probably your better movies. Yeah, you've just made these awful, terrible, shitty movies. Whereas you should have been growing as a filmmaker and then bringing that growth to yeah your Clerks movies and 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 having those characters grow. And that's such a shame, man. That's why I say it's it's yeah. He's he's what, what a sad waste. Yes, it is, and and maybe uh, also I think that like. You, Maybe the money's been good enough, though, that, like, really he's made that much money out of this kind of niche, kind of, like, shooting fish in a barrel, small audience, but satisfying them, and, you know, and... He made a ton of movie with money with his podcast empire, man. Yeah. He used to sell live... So him him and Ralph used to do uh, Babylon... Hollywood Babylon, yeah. Hollywood Babylon. And they would actually sell out venues yeah. where they would do it live, so... Man, he was making money off of his podcast stuff. And that's why it's such a shame that he's... Oh, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe the people... Maybe his audience started shrinking and that's why he thought, oh, God, like, I can't... Like, I'm not making the money I used to. I've got to go become a shill yeah. and try and get back into the great, the good graces of Mother Hollywood Disney, because yeah. I, I'm, you know, maybe, yeah, my podcast empire is crumbling. I don't, maybe. Maybe that's the thing. Well, who knows? I, yeah, it, the, the, it's all weird with him. Like, it... it, it it's interesting to see how much money he takes in and out. Um, I, I think it, it's probably less than some people think because, but I will say this, out of everything, I take away his movies because at least he's made an attempt, you know, like at least he's had a career. He's had more flops than hits for sure, like definitely, but at least he's tried. But I've got to say, I've lost so much respect, whatever little respect I had, it was never that much, but just the way he, he praises everything, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, that's the worst thing to be, where you just love it all, no matter what. You are oh, Batwoman season two, greatest thing of all time. I can't believe they're doing it. Oh, it's such a... Like, it's just like, oh, shoot me now, you know? This is the same guy. When he said he was crying during Aquaman, and I was like, really? Were you crying? Cry- everything, man. But, like, we, what were you crying about? Like, just how fucking cookie-cutter it was? Like, it was okay, but, like, I, you know, there was nothing to get ex- super excited. Like, it was it was reasonable. I, I, I didn't mind it either, but I wasn't crying, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, no, um, I don't know. Maybe he meant he was crying tears of joy at actually he was. seeing Aquaman on the live. That was what, that was exactly on... what he was saying. He was crying tears of joy, apparently, because Aquaman. Nothing, there was nothing emotional, like, no, totally it, emotional or touching about the movie. But what I'm trying to say is he, he's turned into that person, that chill, who... You know, uh, I understand if he was getting, if he was pocketing like three million a year from, from say Warner Brothers to just promote the hell, and maybe he is like a backhanded deal, then I can understand it. But even then, be a little bit more subtle than you are because you are coming across as the biggest corporate chill, and I have no respect for that. That is just sad, really. You know, that's that's just not having a backbone. Your voice means if all you're saying is "I love everything," your opinion basically doesn't mean much. You know, because you don't have a critical opinion. Well, if you love everything, then nothing special. Exactly. So, and he's, you know, and and, and really, do you think really, because I've heard podcasts where, and we do a podcast, and if you're doing a long podcast, and he does too, your opinions will come out at times. If you're doing like a two, three hour show, not everything is going to be so sort of neutral and restrained. And I've heard him on shows give critical opinions at times. It's few and far between, but I have heard it. So there is a critical mind in there somewhere. 
You know what I mean? Like, I, I have heard bits and pieces where he'll talk about something and he'll still be sharp and he'll say something halfway relevant. And But then the flip side is when actually pushed to, you know, give an opinion on actually like a DC property or a Marvel well, movie. It's just like five well, stars I don't know. all it's the way. Shame because, it's such a shame because, look, he's always been a positive guy. And when he did sort of like point out, it's not like he he wasn't sort of nice about it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like he was being a complete arsehole when he, you know, thought that, you know, a movie was bad or miscast. You know, he was almost genuinely apologetic that he didn't like it or that he was even saying something. So it's just weird to me that he, like, you know what I mean? That he feels like, no, he can't even be that. I just think he's that desperate for any kind of gig they throw at him. Like when he was promoting, the, remember when he was promoting the DC like one of the fucking normal DC things where they announced 17 movies at once, most of which never got filmed. Well, they, they brought him on with his jazz hands. And no one's talking about it. Yeah. Well, they brought him out with his jazz hands. I remember he interviewed Jeff Johns, and it was just painful to watch. It was like just Kevin Smith trying to hype, and it was like, oh, my God, like this is what he's been reduced to. You know, like just... Oh, look, Kevin Smith's always been a, a, a hype man. Um, yeah. And I actually think, geez, for the most part, he's been pretty good at it. Yeah. But that was when he was genuine, whereas now it's not genuine. It's it's fake. It's yeah. It's empty. It's shallow. It's just you know, like it's almost like you know the the face is smiling, but the eyes are dead. The kind eyes of. are dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know that kind of shilling. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like exactly. Yeah, he's got to be seeing a back end to bother doing it. Like he's got to be seeing something. Whether it's just more directing gig, because I know he was directing TV for a while. Just, just, just so he can keep in the good graces enough to to get a, just enough work to keep going. You know they, that's good. That's, you know, or maybe it is like he's being paid a few million dollars per year to just to just be a hype guy for DC because they kind of need a fan, you know, fan leader or whatever you want to call it. Like you know, because wasn't his fucking daughter at one point on one of those DC when they had the DC universe and they had the cast of thousands on a couch? I do believe his his daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, for God's sake, he named his daughter Harley Quinn. Yeah. Yeah, pretty sad. Um, uh, I mean, it's his daughter. He can name what she likes. But, like, I'm just like, yeah. No, I mean, no, no, I'm not saying I'm saying he was. That shows you that he was a fan. It's definitely Even a fan. when he was still um, uh, having issues or not liking everything that DC, mm. you know, did or all that. Because he was, you can be a fan of something and still be critical. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You can like so yeah. he was critical, but he, he's still a fan that he named his daughter Harley. Yeah, but it seems like he's forgotten that you can be a fan and be critical. Now he thinks that no, if you're a fan, yeah, you have to be positive about everything, and that's bullshit. You got to love it all. Kind of you got to love it all twenty four seven. Yep. Um. So anyway, but next week I will have a Clerks three review, and I am hoping I like it. It's got a decent IMDb score. Um, it's it's got an IMDb score. Said, above I've seven. heard that it's I've heard that it's uh, actually pretty good. Like you know that he's oh. done a good job. But as I said, not I'm not a, 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 a an abused spouse coming back for more. <laughs> Love it, Rich. Uh, now turning to something, I, I, I'm really curious to see what you think of this Werewolf by Night. Now coming into this, I had people telling me that this is going to be the greatest thing of all time. Blah blah blah. I put this me. On. I told you it looked cheap from the trailer, dude. So I, I knew nothing about it. I, I, to be fair, I, I, I knew close to zero about it. Whatever scraps of news we had on it, I'd forgotten. I watched it after we did the JM interview. Now I will say this: I was very tired and sore from a tennis game the day before. I found this 
black and white things. And I said to Michelle, do you want to watch this? And she, she said, what is it? I said, look, it's this werewolf by night thing. It's a Marvel thing. I go, it's in black and white. She goes, no way, no day. And I was like, okay, because she hates black and white. So I watched it solo. I found it so. I found it just very mediocre, frankly. I, I was falling asleep during it, but I did catch like a good three quarters of it. I, I did like, the only thing I liked was Man-Thing because I thought it was fun that they had Man-Thing in it. I Like, you know... I found this was really average. Am I insane? Because I just thought it was just very dull, very slow, uh, and just a cliche. Uh, it, was, it was super average, and yeah. it was super cheap looking. Um, it feels like one of those things that they filmed in an afternoon. Like, yeah, it does. Yeah. You know, um, they just they, they set up in a studio in like a, you know, in a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Where that had three sets. And we're just like, right, let's film it. Let's go. We can get this done tonight. Let's done. Let's but not get a good done. script. Not a good script. I mean, God, oh, thank God know? it was only fifty-five minutes. I tell you that much. That's exactly what show. I was thinking. Thank God um, it wasn't a, a, a normal movie length because I I was watching it, Rich, and I was like so bored and sleepy. But like, I get it. I was sleepy. But you know what? A really good show might actually grip me and get me involved. I never felt like I was really invested in it. I, I found it was just really dull and, and man thing was my only takeaway that i thought was actually cool i thought man thing was kind of cool well what did you think of man thing and the guy playing jack russell i'm sorry i don't know much about werewolf by night i, I gotta be honest but i always thought like that jack Russell is he a real loser like in the in the tv show no idea man i'm also not yeah, a big um... i don't know i know nothing about jack russell other than his name i, I know his name i know what he looks like in the comics but i other than that Moon Knight issue, I may have never read a Jack Russell comic, but the guy playing him, I thought, wasn't a good fit. Like, in the show, I thought he did a very average job. Um, yeah, and uh, I don't know. I thought the special effects were pretty, um, again, cheap. Like, I thought, you know, like a man thing, you could really... Hmm. I could really tell that it was just a CGI, like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't even... But at least and, they had him in there. It was a bit of in a very boring sort of hour of TV. He got, he did inject a bit of energy, you know. And by the way, I, and and the the werewolf mm. looks worse than the um than, than the old uh, Wolfman uh, Wolfman um, yeah. uh, movies, man. Like which are great like movies, Lon by the way. Harrison, like yeah, Lon Chaney yeah. Junior. His his Wolfman looks better. Yeah. Than this werewolf. Um, and now I made back in like the thirties or forties. I was shocked at how bad it looked. Like, well, yeah, yeah. The first, uh, first Wolfman was nineteen forty-two, maybe. Right, something around about that. I mean, so a long time. Like nineteen forty something. Yeah, okay. Uh, early nineteen forties. Um, but his his Wolfman looked just. Far superior to this one, which yeah. I thought that's that's terrible. When you can't even, when you can't even outdo a nineteen forties, yeah, you know, because I know they were trying to go for that. Oh the yeah, fact that and you I, didn't make it better. The fact that you 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 made it, in my opinion, look worse is just just shows you how cheap the show. The, the, it's, the, it's hilarious. What do they call it a special? Special they called it. Yeah, like it? a special because it was like you know it wasn't a movie, a mini movie, a short movie. What they call yeah. it, a short movie, I think. Well, the only good thing was that it was short frankly, you know, like, because if it had been any longer, I may have just died of boredom. Now, look at this. This is this is Graham Nolan. Uh, we know him as the co-creator of Bane with Chuck Dixon. 
this was his review. And and actually, I actually felt it was exactly what I agreed. Werewolf by Night. Weak on plot, weak character development, punctuated by mindless action. I really wanted to like this, but it put me to sleep. A black and white filter does not equal great black and white cinematography or make it feel like a classic universal monster film. This was a colossal failure for me. That is actually exactly how I feel. Yeah. Well, you know? the biggest problem is they didn't actually film it in black and white. So what they did was they filmed it in colour right? and they just um, huh. removed the colour. They basically just, you know, turned the saturation or they, they basically just... Because there's a moment where it goes from black and white to colour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at yeah, the end true. there. So I, I'm pretty sure that they filmed this in, in... Because, again, they didn't spend a lot of money on it. So they filmed it and then just... Pfft, like, you know, hit a button on the computer and said, change it to black and white. And it never looked like a proper black and white um, no. movie. It was actually too bright. A lot of the time it was way too bright mm. um, to be a proper black and white. A really poor, can I be honest? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking give my real opinion. A really poor effort by, um, by Marvel, I think. You know, a really, really poor effort by Marvel. Um, I think one of their worst efforts, it, it, you know, there's been a string I think, of failures. I, I think their goal is to just saturate the market right now. That's yeah. honestly, that's, that's all. I just believe that they, they just want to pump out as much stuff as possible before the, uh, the bubble bursts. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yes, I, I, I agree. I think that that's potentially very possible. Um, yeah. I, I'm giving it like a 2.5 out of 10. I, I found it very dull. Oh, I think this, I think this would have worked much better as a, um, a cartoon. I thought yeah, this would have been yeah. much better as a black and an old black and white cartoon. Um, if you want to try and why does it need to be black and white? Can I ask that question? Like, why? I is don't it... know. I no, look. I I like the black and white. I I like that you go in for that again. It's they're trying to go. Look, it was black and white because the first Wolfman movie was black and white, basically. So yeah, okay. I think that's what they were trying to. They were trying oh. to emulate the first Wolfman, which is why they even designed their werewolf to look like that. So that's what they were going for, but. As I said, like, well, you failed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You could have done it in a much better way, so. Yeah, it was, it, I, I, I thought it was really dull. Um, yeah, and you know what, like. I mean, you want an example of doing a really good modern black and white movie is obviously Sin City. Yeah. I'll tell you a good Woody Allen one, uh, Shadows and Fog. You ever seen that? That's in yeah. black and white. Good movie. Um, I wanted, it was uh, Manhattan in black and white. I think it was. Um Annie Hall wasn't, but I think Manhattan with Meryl Streep was black and white. Um, now, we have some news about Black Adam. Now, I think, have you seen the trailer, Rich? What, what is going on? So, People are super excited. So what happened was apparently is that someone leaked the post credit scene. I'll tell you who leaked it, Warner Brothers, because they're all about trying. What they've got right now is what they, everyone's talking about Henry Cavill. People are fucking excited and hyped up and arguing with each other like, they're in the conversation. I mean, look, possibly the the problem is the only reason why maybe no, mm. one of the few times where I believe that maybe they didn't leak it, mm. is they tried to scrub it from the internet after it got leaked. Right. Like they tried to remove and they slapped down people and issued like, um, what were those like? Cease uh, and desists. Yeah, basically they were going after everyone that was sharing it. They were literally <laughs> trying to scrub it off. So this yes. might be the one time I believe where maybe that this wasn't a planned leak. Well, so what? What is it though? Tell us. Describe what. what I don't know. On. I haven't been able to find anyone that's actually described the. Oh um, really? Oh. Well, they were so thorough at getting it. And I think that they're going to sue anyone who even 
claims that they've seen it. Maybe I don't. They know. they like, can't I, see I, people just talking about it, man. You know. Well, as I said, I haven't been able to. I can only find people reporting about it. I cannot find anyone. Let's have a look. Now, maybe that means it's a fake. Maybe they pretended. Hen, they, they, they're claiming something. I, 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 I firmly believe they're doing that, man. Firmly. But like, the problem is, is, I don't know the content. So why would I care what the leak is if I can't find what the content of it is? Well, well, the content was that apparently um, Henry Cavill turns up dressed as Superman in the in the final fight, uh, in in the in the post credit scene. So that. Um, that that is that is what happened. Um, to the extent of what we don't know, but like it's a Henry Cavill Superman cameo. Um, uh, he confronts Maybe the last one ever. No, I, I think it's no, I think it's the opposite, Rich. I think it's the first one in a new series. So the scene contains Henry Cavill's cameo as Superman. The man of steel emerges from the smoke and comes face to face with Black Adam. He confronts the Rock's anti-hero by saying, "It's been a while since anyone's made the world this nervous." Hinting at a, their possible showdown in the future, um, yeah. So that's 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 basically what happened. That, that that's there you go. There's a description of what it was. So you know, and so people are excited because Henry Cavill's dressed as Superman. So I don't think it's the last one. In, I think it's the first one in what will be a new sequence of Superman. Depends I, on how well this movie does. Ah, uh, see, no, I, I'm I I 100% believe this is a planned leak. Like. Their only reason for doing it, Rich, is to get people excited. Like that's it. They, yeah, they but just then, want but, to but then why scrub it? Why if you're trying uh, to get because, people excited? Like, why because it's the, it's the classic teaser that, that you then make very scarce. Remember those Spider-Man leaks didn't get taken down. Remember when you saw those yeah, blue but like, screens of Andrew Garfield? They're and, trying to make and, it seem like oh, ultra fucking special because now there's like it's it's classic. Look, hey, ordinarily, I would. I'm on your side. No. It's just the fact that they've literally gone after everyone and tried to scrub it off the internet. Uh, well, me... moving aside now, from that, how maybe do you it think... means that someone leaked it earlier than... Oh, no, but the movie's coming out, like, next week or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's coming out very shortly. So, look, I'll go see it in cinemas. I, I am looking forward to the movie, frankly. And I think it will do well. I think this is all just about getting part of the anticipation up. Whether, they be... Whether or not it was on purpose, I think the anticipation's high. Um, yeah. I don't care, but obviously, being the DC guy, I will have to watch it to give my opinion. But You've got I mean, to watch it to give your opinion for Signal of Doom, man. I just said that, Dave. Yes. You don't have to repeat. No, but what I'm I saying will. is that I'm not excited about it, is my point. I actually, I'm, there's no, there's zero level of excitement in me seeing this. Why? Because it just looks like garbage. Really? Well, we'll see. Uh, are you excited? This looks, this looks like a rock vanity project, man. This doesn't look like it's something that's good for. Uh, the, the DCEU. This mm. looks like something that's that's just for the rock. Well, if it makes eight hundred million or a billion dollars, it'll be good for the DCU. You know, if it if it maybe, it but not if it's fucking like the rock dictating and then going. Well, you know, my character is going to be the most important thing in the DCU. Then well, the, maybe not. Black Adam's a pretty cool character. Like I will say that. Like you know, he's a worthy adversary kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like it's he's he's a character of some note. Look. I have no idea how good or bad the movie will be, but I, I, I am excited to see it. And I'm just so disappointed they couldn't give The Rock fake hair to look more like the character. <laughs> um, what you was know, I going to say? Sean used to do that all the time. He yeah. used to put on hair. He used to wear a toupee for years. In fact, no, I've seen The Rock wear uh, hair for when he played Hercules. Right. So why can't they just give him hair so he can actually look like Black Adam? Well, so like, his, his brand is like how he looks, man. You know. Yeah, but you're playing the character, man. Yeah. Do it for the character. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we'll see. 
Um, yeah, but but like, what do you think about Henry Cavill coming back as Superman if this leads to a new Superman movie and all that? Like, clearly that's the intention. Oh my god, he's seriously. I mean, I love Henry Cavill, but he's getting so old now that by the time they actually make a Superman movie, they might as well just make the Kingdom Come fucking Superman. <laughs> well, he's not that old, Rich. I think he's about forty, if that. You know, as I said, by the time they make. Well, another Superman uh, movie with him. He'll probably be close to fifty. Say, so might as well play King the Come Superman. I really, I really hope that. Um, I really hope that uh, they they get the Superman movie, you know, happening uh, ASAP. Like, put it in development and really get moving on it. Like, there's an appetite out there for Superman. Like, so I'm I'm one hundred percent thinking, you know, please do it. Kind of thing is 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 how I'm thinking. You know, like I, I, as far as I'm concerned, you know, it's it's well past time. Like, don't you think, Rich? Like, it's just been so long since we've had, you know, like Man of Steel was, you know, was really the one Superman movie, wasn't it? After that, it was Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Oh, no, look, I mean, you know, I've always thought Henry Cavill would have been a fantastic Superman. The problem is, is that they they put um, Snyder in charge. So, Mm. you know. Yeah. What What again, what a waste. Yeah. Well, good point. Good point. Um, well, we'll see, man. We'll see. Like, I mean, the, the, there's still time. I'm not. I, I, if anything, I'm. If it, like, I'm not that excited about Black Adam. I, I mean, I'll see it, but my expectations are no higher than they were for Venom One. Where I went in thinking this will probably be a bit crap, and then I enjoyed it. You know, and it, I was surprised it made so much money. I think my expectations for Black Adam, I'll be surprised if I really like it. You know, but maybe I will be pleasantly surprised. I, I hope I am. Um, I think there's well, a danger. It is a rock vanity project, as you said. You know, I, the thing is, my expectations are so far down. The only the only thing they can do is surprise me pleasantly. Yeah, that's it. That's that's the only option. Otherwise, I'm just going to walk out there and go, "Yep, told you it was a piece of shit." <laughs> yeah. So there's only one thing they can do, and that like if like is well, technically it's two things: either confirm or or surprise me, and I actually end up. Not hating the movie. That's the only two outcomes that can happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's um, it is it is interesting, man. Like, I mean, I don't know. DC have just such a strange, a strange system. You know, like it's just they've they've so fumbled around. It seems to me with 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 their uh, with their um, you know, efforts. It's 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 really. It's it's been so hit and miss and mostly miss, you know. Oh fuck yeah, Jesus! Like ninety ninety nine percent misses or something. 90%. Oh, just like they just they, they they just struggle to get it right. That that's if I had to sum it up, that's they struggle to just get it right. Like they're just constantly sort of, um, sort of half assing it. You know, like it's just they just can't ever quite get there. And sometimes I just I just don't understand it. I just don't see why it's so hard for them like you know the old the old saying like and possibly the challenge is they've always tried to interconnect but i i just think as movies like wonder woman 84 uh i'm sorry was kind of a miss even though i enjoyed bits of it you know wonder woman one was decent like we go through the list like the suicide squad movie with james gunn i i I really didn't really enjoy it like it had some decent Bits, but overall was a failure. The Peacemaker show, I really enjoyed. Um, you know, but it's, it's they struggle to put two together in a row sort of thing. 
like they just struggle. Like they obviously their Just League stuff was awful. Um, Aquaman was okay, you know, but like again, it's it's like they 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 do okay, and you're like, yeah, it's okay, it's not too bad. And then the next one's just like terrible or really flat and just below average. And you just think, what is going on there? Why is it so hard for them? And like also, what is so hard about a Superman movie? I mean, it doesn't feel like that should be that hard. Like, get a decent script. A lot of people could write a good Superman script, you know? Get a good director. Get moving on it. Like, you've got a willing actor. The fact that they've stumbled with that franchise so poorly um, tells me that they lack direction. Yeah, but again, what annoys me is you don't even need someone to write a good script. You just need to go find a really great Superman story that's been written over the last 80... Sure. You know, 85 years. Like... Yeah. That's the most of the work's been done for you. Just literally go and find mm. some of the best Superman stories and just adapt it for God's sakes. Like, yeah, bam, bam, work's done. Don't even have to like, you know, make a sweat. Yeah, yeah, good point, man. Good point. Like, yeah, that's 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 actually a really good point. But like, they, they, it's almost like they just don't sort of. Ugh. They, it, it, I always feel like it feels like they don't have confidence in their in their own material or their own filmmakers. Like, they just, they sort of, it's weird, they lack confidence. And it's like, my God, at the same time, I mean, you're confident enough with your Batman. Like, I found that Batman very slow, but it was a decent movie, and it made big money. Um, And it wasn't, I don't think, the greatest Batman movie of all time, but you got it done. You know, you hired a decent director. Um, Here's the thing, I watched a very interesting video the other day, and it was about how Hollywood has a writer's problem. mm. And what the person was saying is that if you look at a lot of the the shows that are like, um, you know, like your Lord of the, like the Rings of Power, like your She-Hulk and mm. all, all the Marvel stuff is if you actually look at like the writers, mm. a lot of them are brand spanking new, like no experience. A lot of yeah. them have like very little experience. And mm. when you go back and look at other great shows, and, and and he's specifically talking about shows. He's not talking about movies. Sure. He's talking about like old TV shows. And he goes, and you look at like the, uh, what do you want to call it? Filmography or whatever of the people that worked on a lot of TV shows. They have so much experience. You know what I mean? Mm. Yes. There's some, but they also had a more, a more of a writer's room where the younger writers could learn from the older writers. And that's how you got the experience. And then you took that to the next show. You took it to the next show. Mm. But he said he was, uh, you know, this person was looking, doing the research. And he said a lot of the shows, why the shows are not resonating, why so many people think it's like so poorly written or the mm. dialogue's bad or the stuff is that so many of the writers don't have any actual like experience. Yeah. And plus the, the, now the writer's room is much smaller. Now you've only got like maybe five writers mm. working on a show. Whereas before you used to have like 10 or 12 or, you know, 15 writers working on a show. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that might be, again, it's a reason why I think things just don't, yeah, they don't feel well written anymore. They don't feel yeah. um, particularly well crafted. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, so you're saying the writing room because I would have thought the writing the writers' rooms would have been pretty big. No, they're actually smaller now. If you oh. look at like uh, uh, again, uh, I, I should have taken note of it, but um, 
if, if someone wants to find it, it's on YouTube. Just I think it's under the video title Hollywood has a writer's problem or something mm. like that. And the guy goes into like, you know, his examples of the writers. And again, he's saying he's not pointing the finger at anyone or putting blame on any. He's just using examples as mm. to people's, you know, experience compared to other people's experience like 10 years ago, 20 years ago working mm. in TV. And it's true. I mean, if you look at, uh, you probably look at all the writers, go look at their IMDb, you'll probably find they've got very little credits to their name, but they're working on big, massive um, projects and properties. Yeah. I mean, the guys that are showrunning the Rings of Power are complete noobs. Which they I have no real credits to their name. But I, I, don't you find that baffling? Like... But that's what he's saying. This is what, this is the thing. Maybe it's cheaper. You know, maybe it's about, you know, uh, saving money and just like you know getting five writers with mm. very little experience so you don't have to pay a lot and just get them to bank something out because you just need because again the streaming has changed the the landscape yeah you know you're not now writing episodic anymore you know what i mean you, you you're writing this eight hour movies now yeah you know? so i don't know um the, the the landscape has changed but i'm just i, I do agree with this person that there's certainly a lack of quality writing in in, in Hollywood and, and streaming and all that sort of stuff, man. Mm. I mean, yeah, I, I I do think that the better writing is on TV than on than in movies. I, I think movie writing has because I, I as you as you know, just like you, Rich, I like my older movies. And when I say older, I'm talking like fifties on fifties to eighties into the nineties. I think the writing on movies was was a lot better on mainstream stuff. You know, mm. like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not talking art art house. I'm talking like stuff that was put into mainstream cinemas to attract a mainstream audience, you know. And I I feel like the writing was better. I think the smarter writing has moved to TV in the last twenty years. Um, I think TV has a lot better writing oh, at times. Well, yeah, I mean, back in the day, TV was uh, certainly looked down upon. Mm. Um, uh, and in fact, uh, a t- uh, TVs way back in the day were actually still considered to be like an offshoot of uh, plays. Yes. Which is why back in the day they used to call them teleplays. Yeah. Because um, it wasn't seen as legitimate. It wasn't seen as like uh, a legitimate uh, uh, art form, which is why, you know, you never got the big directors doing TV. Um, only later when TV actually became a thing and, you know, um, started dominating and, and getting high quality stuff. But yeah, yeah it's, um, yeah, it certainly has. I mean, I think TV went from strength to strength, but TV is kind of dying now, unfortunately. Um, and I mean, to be fair, one of the things that helped kill TV uh, was uh, uh, reality uh, oh, free to air TV. TV, but look, there's a lot of good stuff on on your cable networks and all that. There is a lot of high yeah, but my point streaming. is not as much as there used to be. Like, if you look at the amount of TV shows that they used to produce back in the day, and yes, you know, not a lot of them got picked up and all that. But my point is, they were producing a lot. Now, yes, there's some streaming stuff, but as I said, the streaming stuff is generally not episodic. Oh, but dude, um, there's a lot of it though. There's a hell of a lot of it. Like, on all these different yeah, streamers, man. But the, but it is winding down because that's unsustainable. Um, uh, you know, because the problem is you're not making any extra money. You can produce like fifty shows if if your subscription is not going up. You're not many. You're not making any extra money. It's not like selling tickets. Sure, but you are getting a regular revenue base. Yeah, but again, but if again, if you're not bringing in extra revenue base or these shows, then you've got to start cutting back on the shows. Sure. So yeah, you know. they plateau. Yeah. Yeah, it plateaus. Yeah, yeah and, no, and TV true. wasn't. TV was more about you know 
You just need to, you just need to have someone have the TV on. <laughs> oh yeah, back in the day. Oh that yeah, that is yeah. that has disappeared. Like I mean, it, it has all gone. All this new content. I mean, nearly all of it is on cable, you know, or or on streaming services, whatever you want to use it, you know. But it's not on free to air TV, as you would say. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. You know. Sort of, um, what do they call it? Terrestrial TV or whatever. Um, yeah, I think one of the only shows... I, I guess Michelle watches a fair few of those shows. Um, Chicago PD, Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, NCIS, you know, franchise TV. Um, they're kind of... Support, they're, they're supporting the little corner, but the vast majority, as you say, is reality TV on those networks. Well, because it's cheaper to produce and yeah. you know, don't yeah. actually need scriptwriters. Yeah, or just very bad scriptwriters. <laughs> you know, just an editor to form a story. No, like, well, you need editors, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Those, those things need editors, but no writers. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, now, Rich, Rings of Power, apparently you're up to date, is that correct? Sadly, I am. Tell us what's been going on in Rings of Power, please. Like, and you can give us a dumbed-down version if you want. Has it gotten any better, Rich? No. <laughs> I had people at work tell me that the episode after the volcano goes off was really good. Is that true? That's what they told me. Yeah. What happened? So is that Mount Doom? No, I think it's uh, if uh, okay. You'll have to forgive me because uh, while I'm watching it, I'm not actually there. There. Yeah. No. Um, I believe the Southland now, well, wherever that volcano is now, called Mordor. Well, that's what I'm saying. So the volcano is the volcano in in. Mount Doom in Mordor, yeah, okay. Well, it must be the Mount Doom, I guess, but it didn't say Mount Doom is my point. It just right. it, the letters changed, and then it said Mordor. So I see. Know, it didn't specifically say Mount Doom; it just said Mordor. Okay. Um, God, no, it's absolute garbage, man. The show is garbage. Like the acting in the show goes from like mediocre to crap, and that's it. Like the highest point of acting in the show is mediocre. Have the hobbits gotten anywhere yet? Like with the wizard? Has oh, it... no, the hobbits have, have done a complete 180 and had a complete change of heart. It's one of those things where, <laughs> you know, um, you know uh, how good writers will just have a character just change their mind um, <laughs> off screen? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and then go, you know what? I was wrong and I've come to realize I was wrong. And you're like, w- when? I don't yeah, remember. When did this happen? <laughs> I, I don't remember having you having a conversation or, or a moment yeah. where you thought you were wrong. So now all of a sudden the Harfords, you know, they were wrong. They, they're they really good. They're going to go save uh, Gandalf. By the way, that blonde-headed thing that we thought was an M&M-looking yeah. guy is actually a woman. Really? Yeah. Okay. Is that Sauron? Well, it can't be Sauron because it's a woman. Well, I think Sauron can take on any aspect. I, I He's an angel, basically. I don't think it's Sauron because uh, these people seem to be hunting Gandalf. They Right. Well, Okay. Is it definitely Whoever. Gandalf? Well, come on. I mean, who else is he going to be? Yeah. Has he speaking now properly, or is he still just like... No, no, no. He's still doing the boo-boo-boo-boo. Oh, Jesus. Well, what's happening with uh, Galadriel and all that? And uh, Numenor? Well, off the volcano, she's she finds that fucking Leo little shit kid, and the two of them are trying to get, um, get uphill to the, the encampment. Right. Um, where the Numenorians are heading, um, and along the way, she's she's lecturing sort of him on how to be a better person and to let go of things and not have anger in your heart. And I was just like, I'm not sure you're the one to be given yeah. this. Uh, yeah, this picture. It's very hypocritical of you. Um, and gosh, she's short, man. She's 
she's literally the same height as this Leo kid, man. Like everyone towers above this this Galadrilus. It's ridiculous. <laughs> man. She's so tiny. Most <laughs> um, uh, of the time, I forget she's actually Galadriel. I'll be honest yeah, with you. She's just to me, she's just some um, like warrior chick. Quote yeah, unquote. Yeah. Just, you never come, she never strikes me as a Galadriel ever. No, I agree. And I agree. Uh, the Numenarian queen is blind now. Oh, really? The, Why? How? Uh, she, well, from the, the volcano dust or whatever, the smoke oh. or whatever. She's the only person who's been blinded by it. Um, no one else. Just Is her, she crazy um, now or what is, what, what is she gone mad or anything? Not yet, um, but she's determined to keep the fight going, which is um, which is upset Isildur's father because he believes Isildur's dead and he was having a good cry like... <laughs> I hate you, Galadriel. I wish I'd left you in the ocean. Even though in earlier episodes I said the sea is always right and, yes. and the sea must be listened to, but I wish I had disobeyed the sea and left you to drown. Oh my God, what a pussy, seriously. <laughs> so overall, it sounds pretty, pretty poor. It's the same. There's no yeah. different, man. This show didn't. I don't. I don't understand these people who go, "Oh my God, now the show's good." I'm like, it's the same fucking quality. As the other six episodes, what are you smoking? Yeah, yeah. It does sound very sort of similar to what it already was kind of thing. Yeah. Eh, Crazy, man. So, just, I think some people are just ready to gobble up anything, man. I'll just gobble anything. One more episode and I'm done. And you, I think, can take a rest after this because you've done the hard yards. I've got to catch up on it. But we'll bring you in for Wheel of Time, season two, because I think that's more fun. But I will, I will take up the burden, just like Frodo taking the ring. I will take the burden um, from now on with Rings of Power because I think you've put in the hard yards. You, you know, you're kind of like an opener. You've been opening on a dodgy pitch in England. You know, balls swinging around. You've hung in there, Rich. You haven't been enjoying it. You've been copping some balls on the body. But um, I don't think you've got too much more Rings of Power in you, do you? Uh, mate, I don't – like, I, I... – if you weren't like really like forcing me to do this for the show, I would have stopped after the fourth episode, like maximum. Like, do you like in all honesty, joking aside, do you think that everyone I've spoken to has mentioned how slow this show is? Do you think that there's a potential that it might fail and they might actually have to eat their losses after about two or three seasons? There won't be this, you know, because they're obviously hoping for something that goes on for ages, like a decade probably, with the amount of money that's been spent. Maybe, but also so I wonder if maybe this is one of those too-big-to-fail things where yeah. even if it is failing because it's Lord of the Rings and they've 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 uh, pumped it up so much about yeah. how it's going to be like the pillar of their fucking streaming service, Yeah, I think that they'll just double down and they'll probably reduce the budget, but I don't... I can just see them trying to just keep going like, yeah, yeah, we've got faith. It's brilliant. It's doing well. Yeah, yeah. I know I know. season four looks cheaper than season three, but it's doing so well. It's our, it's our best show ever. Like, I can just see that happening because yeah. it's I guess that's how they'll save face, I imagine. Yeah. Or, or just try and uh, um, convince people that it's still a great show. Well, I don't know. It's funny to me because... As I said, like I love that the I love that there's so many articles. So many people go, "Oh my god, this show's brilliant." It's just the racists out there that are <laughs> review bombing it, and it's the yeah. bigots and the people that don't want to see <laughs> progress <laughs> happening. And then I think to myself, "Well, hang on a second. Uh, maybe I said this before. The 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 House of Dragons has the same issue. Yeah, people were unhappy that they were race changing and." 
and add in diversity into like uh, cultures or races or whatever that didn't have that. Much better show though. Much no, no, no. Better. But hang on. But but even though it has the same thing, it also suffers from quote unquote progressivism. You know, yeah. of them trying to like, you know, make it all you know modern. Yeah, it has a higher user score than ROP. Oh, it's a better show. It's a it's yeah. a far better saying, show. It's two shows that both have suffered from people criticizing yeah. and being unhappy with the 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 race swaps and the race changes and adding the diversity for the sake of a diversity. Both of them suffered from that. Both of them got pushback from that. Yeah. True. But when the shows came out, House of Dragons has a much higher user score. Oh yeah. Than Rings of Power. It's... So explain to me how yeah. That is possible. Like well, it's your possible, narrative yeah. about no, but your narrative about how it's oh no, Rings of Power is the one getting review bombed by the racist, but House of Dragons isn't. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, okay, okay, I get that. Like I, that just sounds made up to me. That sounds fake. Like, dude, I one hundred percent am watching both shows. Uh, House of the Dragon is a far better show. Like it's like far better in terms of if I mark a show. Forget about visuals, because the visuals in House of Dragon are good too. They're probably not as good as in Lord of the Rings. But my point is, I'm talking about script writing, pacing, acting, uh, the ability to build suspense, you know, which comes down to pacing as well, and pay it off in a reasonable fashion, as opposed to just feel like you're just trudging through the field forever, which is how um, uh, Rings of Power feels. Like, it's you're trudging. It's slow. It's weighed down by its own sort of law almost and just it's boring when people talk they talk like a cutscene in assassin's creed it's boring you know like the the worst part of assassin's creed is those interminable cutscenes you know and you're just like oh god just just fucking you know you're just like oh my god how can i skip this you know like it's just boring everything's like that like yeah it's just I think you're on the money. The the reason it's getting a lower score is it's a worse show. It might have all the money pumped into it to look better. Um so that certain like aspects look fantastic, but the actual pacing is just terrible. It's slow. Now But also has no uh, likable characters. Like yeah. I was having this the, this this conversation that I'm one of those people like I I don't actually have to like a main character because I generally will get um, I'll. F- I usually am, I I like side characters in anyway. Yeah. I, I'm always seem to be drawn to side characters, so I will generally always resonate or or find a favorite side character in almost any show that I watch. Sure. Um, especially for like I'd maybe I don't like the main character, I'll always find a side character. I'm like, ah, hey, that's my guy. Like that's the person I like. Um, but this is one of the, again, and this is how I know this shit show. I don't like anyone in the show. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, there's there's no one where I go, oh man, I love that guy. I. I you know, finally, when he gets on screen, then I can enjoy. There's none of that. There's mm-hmm. not a single person in this first season where I'm like, "Oh, thank God, this person's on the screen now. I can enjoy <laughs> watching something." You know what I mean? Like yeah. now, I can enjoy it until they until they go back to the other people. No, there's no character like that in the show for me. Uh, it's bad. It's bad, man. So, yeah, yeah, well, I, I I think you're accurate. I mean, next week we'll cover. I'll cover. I'll catch up on Rings of Power. I was just a bit weighed down. Uh, due to last week uh, with all the shows and stuff we're doing then I was busy at work this week so I haven't had a chance to catch up on it um, but I will and Rich after you watch that last episode you can retire from Rings of Power so that'll be nice for you you can put your sword down 
and relax, you know? Yeah, before I impale myself on it, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Now, I will say this. Have you continued watching um, She-Hulk? <laughs> or not? No? Mate, I still haven't watched anything more than the first episode. Oh, okay. Well, I watched the Daredevil episode. Um, we watched that, Michelle and I. It was quite enjoyable, actually. Um, yeah, his suit does look goofy, but it was a good. It was good. I mean, it was it was play for laughs a little bit more. But I mean, I, I'm still really enjoying the show. I I think it's a good show. I see. It's very lightweight, fun. I'd give it like an eight out of ten. I'll, I'll be honest with you. From what I've seen and what I've heard, this show is inconsequential. It it doesn't matter at all whether you watch it or not. It's literally like it doesn't. There's no payoff for setup, um, and especially after the last season, it's almost like people go, "Well, this doesn't, this doesn't fit in or mean anything in the grand scheme of things." It's it's literally just a waste of time. I'd agree with that. It's more of a throwaway fun show, man. Like it's not to be taken deadly seriously, kind of thing. Um, look, I, I'm just saying. I, I, I'm I mean, even the lead writer has said that the show is being written by people who don't know how to write courtroom stuff, and I'm just like. <laughs> I'm so glad you hired these people for well, the Well, there's not much ballroom stuff in, though, to be honest. Yeah, but the stuff that there is, I mean, makes... Uh, there was a scene that someone pointed that made Jen look really bad where she's suing the, the costume maker. Yes. Um, and um, she's helping... What's he called in this? Leapfrog or something? Um, yeah, the James DeMatteis guy. Yeah. yeah, she says, oh, I'll take your case and all that sort of stuff. And then they get to the courtroom and he's like, yeah, I put jet fuel in the thing. And they're like, well, that voids it. And it's like, case closed. And I'm like, wow, you're such a good lawyer, Jen. You didn't even ask any questions yeah. of your client before you went into the courtroom. What a great lawyer you are. Yeah, well, you know. I don't no, know. That's poor writing. You don't... You Like, that's... The first thing a, 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 a lawyer would do was ask... What did you do? I need to know everything so I can, you know, represent you, even if you are, you know, um, even if you've done the wrong thing, I've got to try and, you know, still present it in a way to make you win the case. You don't, you know, that just made it look amateurish to me from, from the, the clip I saw. I thought that was pretty terrible. Oh, look, I mean, it's, dude, it was a, it was a throwaway. The whole show is throwaway fun, man. It's not to be taken too seriously. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... I don't know, mate. Like, it doesn't sound like it's fun to me. It well, I, we, we're enjoying... Like I said this, we're enjoying it. We, we Look, it's a light watch. It, it's a half hour. Bang, you put it on as you're having dinner. It's a bit of fun. Like, it's that's that's all it is, man. It's it's nothing more, nothing less. It's like, it's like eating a biscuit. You know what I mean? Like, you just eat it, you forget about it. You move on with your life. I'd rather eat a biscuit than watch the show. Well, that's fair, man. Well, I am doing it. I am doing it. Like, we've got to sometimes delegate responsibilities because we're busy, man. And, you know, um, you know, I'm catching up on She-Hulk. You're doing your Rings of Power. You've got your little Rings of Power presentations you give every week. You're doing a very good actually, job. I've been, I've been, uh, I've been, actually, sorry, I've been doing a James Bond marathon. I'm up to, that's cool. I just, I just finished The Man with a Golden Gun last night. That's a good movie. I like that movie. <laughs> that may be my favorite Roger Moore one. At least it's the one I remember best, you know? Oh, there's a couple of good Roger Moore ones. Oh, um, I know there is, yeah. Uh, uh, Spy Who Loved Me was good as, is good. good as well. Octopus yeah. is good. View to a Kill, not so much. That was his last movie, Moonraker I believe. Moonraker is not Moonraker great. is probably his worst one. Yeah, that's... Um, yeah, that's... What was um, the one, Spy Who Loved Me? That's a good one too, actually. Yeah. What's the one... I just remember the start. He goes off the um, cliff with the Union Jack uh, parachute at the start. He, 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 I so, think that's a spy who loved me. Yeah, that uh, look. 
that's a great star. It's either the Spy Love Me or Octopussy. It's yeah. one, it's, it's yeah. one of those two. I'm pretty sure. I, I liked Octopussy. I haven't seen it in a long time. I actually haven't seen the Roger Moore ones in a long time. Yeah, but. well, we've we've started from uh, the Sean Connery stuff, and we're up to the so um, oh. just every now and again we we go okay, let's there's nothing else to watch. We go okay, let's let's watch a, a James Bond movie. So. And I just do want to point to Richard used we. He's taken now, ladies. Just uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to reveal it because I like to keep the suspense alive. But Richard has almost put a ring on it. I would say. <laughs> Uh, not quite. <laughs> uh, I do enjoy teasing you, Rich. Um, no, but that's good. Um, so yeah, so yeah, Rich is coupled now. He's in, but this actually explains why you're so happy now. You're happy in a relationship. I just realised. That's why you just needed a woman. Well, this, no, this relationship didn't happen overnight, Dave. Yeah, is, but still, but the public the, reveal. Been in the works for a while. The public, re- yeah, but you've been grumpy, like. But I think finally, because you've been making me watch Rings <laughs> of Power, and I even had to watch one episode of that terrible She-Hulk. <laughs> well, anyway, um, now I've I've sort of given the House of the Dragon review. Now I'm going to do a deeper review. Uh, probably next week, but it's a really enjoyable. And if you liked, uh, sorry, uh, Game of Thrones, you know, the first, say, five, six seasons, it's really like that. I must say this is a real return back to basics for the Game of Thrones franchise, and it really has Michelle and myself really enjoy and look forward to watching it, which is, frankly, what you want. You know, when, when when a new show's out... Like, there's nothing worse than feeling apathetic, which we do a lot because we have to review a lot of content. And sometimes you're just like, oh, what a grind. I have to get through it. But um, we genuinely look forward to the show. We generally watch it within a day or two of it coming out, you know, over dinner. Um, it, it it moves. I think it does exactly what Rings Up How It Doesn't Do. This show moves, not just the time jumps, but even in the episodes. Each episode, there feels of consequence. There's a twist at the end, you know, it keeps you invested for the next show as opposed to just like we're trudging through the grass to get somewhere and it's and then cut scene we're sailing across the sea cut scene we're in the mines cut scene like that's such a slow method of storytelling whereas this um uh, house of the dragon i i'm i genuinely am enjoying it and it's it's gotten better as it's gone on so now i'm sitting at probably an 8.5 i think i started on like a 7 um i'm now thinking yeah it's 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 a very good show uh, and I think, um, you know, I think a lot of fans of Game of Thrones will, as the years go by, come to appreciate it, like, a lot. I don't know how it's doing out there in terms of reviews and ratings or anything. I have no idea. All I can tell you is, as someone who enjoyed Game of Thrones, I wasn't diehard, but I enjoyed it, I am really enjoying this, you know? No, oh, well, that's good. I mean, yeah. it's always good. It's always good to enjoy what you watch, Dave. Well, Rich, maybe you might make, make a transition. To House of no, the Dragon. No, I'm good, thanks. Jesus. You've got to... One thing, though, Richard, is you... I'll tell you what. You, you, you watch your House of the Dragon stuff, and I'll watch my Chainsaw Man, Spy Family, and yeah. uh, My Hero Academia, and that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I think you're watching a bit too much of that stuff, and, you know, you're, 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 you're sort of, like, shirking signal duty to watch a bit too much Chainsaw Man, maybe a bit less Chainsaw Man, and a bit more of the, of the main thrust of the show, but... Regardless, I, I still do rate. Maybe you should just pick better things. <laughs> well, we've got three Walking Dead spin-offs that are going to be coming out soon, Rich. So you're going to have to pick yeah. one of those. 
No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, luckily, I'll be able to cover those. Uh, I tell you what, I, I said to Michelle, it really annoyed me the other day there was no Walking Dead spin-off or main show on TV. And I said, there really is no reason why every single week of the year there should be some Walking Dead product on TV. I was very disappointed in AMC for that lapse, um, which is rare because normally one show runs into the other show. That's normally how they do it. So you've always got Walking Dead content any day of in any week of the year. And um, I thought that was a real failure of the system, Rich. Um, am I alone when I said that? Like, am I a voice in the wilderness, Matt? Or am I... So. Yeah, I just... You know, it's it's kind of like to, you get up, you have your wheat bix. You know, for me, on a Monday, we, we we put on Walking Dead, we watch it. It might not always be the greatest meal of all time, but it's consistent. You know, and it's it, it's a building block for a Monday for me. So when you that felt it's like waking up and eating plain old porridge. Yeah, well, when they when they when they, and and then one day I got up and the porridge wasn't there, and I was like, what am I going to do now? <laughs> What am I supposed to do now? Am I supposed to have a crumpet or what? Like, I'm, my whole routine was thrown out of out of balance. And I made the comment to Michelle, this isn't good enough. And then she said, well, luckily they've got three spin-offs coming, so hopefully I'll be clever enough to spin those around each other so that we can continue. Um, now, I am in Smallville, um, season four now. I'm about a third of the way through season four. I'm up to the episode with The Flash, and it's Bart Allen. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the beginning of the uh, that's when they start introducing characters and you'll eventually get to the Smallville Justice League yes and I saw some of that when it came out at the time um, but enjoyable man like I've got to say it's still a very enjoyable show uh, Lois has come into it um, I believe she comes a season regular in season 5 but she had quite a few episodes in season 4 Jensen Eccles is in it as the football coach but just before Supernatural Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I always thought he was going to play a bigger part, but I think maybe this was... He got Supernatural. Do, yeah, I could say he went off to do Supernatural, and so he was kind of... They kind of had to drop it and, yeah, and yeah. in a different direction and all that. Because he was supposed to be... Yeah, he was supposed to play a bigger part. Yeah, yeah, no, guy. what happened? That's exactly what happened. I, I know from my Supernatural fandom, like, he got on this, he picked up a lot of heat off this, and then they cast him in Supernatural, and that was it. You know, he had to leave. Um, well, um, the guy that plays uh, Reacher and... Hawk uh-huh. in um, Titans plays. Um, Is it Aquaman? Yeah, yeah. I want to watch that Jack Reacher show because I I quite he, like that guy. Mate, such a pity. I mean, look, I understand people love Jason Momoa and all that, but man, he look he looks like he did look like uh, Aquaman. I'll be like, yeah. When I saw him in Smallville, I was just like, oh my god, that's like, that that's the most comic accurate. Aquaman I've ever seen. Like, yeah. he was big, he was buff, he's got the blonde hair with ex- almost exactly the same hairstyle. I was just like, shit. It's like yeah. Aquaman came to life. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, no, he's, he's he's decent. He's also good in Titans, I will say. You know, as Hawk. Oh, no, he makes a fantastic um, uh, Hawk as well. But I just thought to myself, man, like, it's almost like he was kind of almost born to play Aquaman there, just with the look-wise. Like, sure. He just, he, yeah, he just looks like someone breathed life into Aquaman. Is he in Smallville much as Aquaman? Like, how much of a run does he no, get? He gets, one, he gets the one episode, and then obviously he comes back for the um, Justice League, Justice stuff. League yeah. uh, thing and all that stuff. Is Doomsday in Smallville? He is, but it's not what you think it is. It's not like a proper Doomsday. No, no. No, it's, 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 a, it's a crap version of Doomsday, isn't it? It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But again, this was like, you know, this has been the show would really go off the Sure, sure. Well, I'm still very much enjoying it. Um, I, I watched a lot of it last week when I was laid up with my bad back. I watched like, 
you know, so I really like Lois, actually. I think Lois did a really good job. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, the, uh, I can't remember her name, but I liked, I liked the Lois. Erica Duran or something. Yeah, Duran, yeah. She's very, very good Lois. Yeah, definitely. Um, I like that she calls him Smallville at the end as well as she's walking away. Um, now, we have some news. The Walking Dead Dead City spin-off will feature Negan and Maggie's adventures in New York City. So that's the... Um, that's the that's the uh, title of their spinoff. We we know that Daryl Dixon's going to be in Europe, and apparently the story is he's going to wake up in Europe and wonder how he got there. Um, they really, gee, they really thought that one through, didn't they, Rich? Like he wakes up with amnesia of how he got to Europe. How does he get home? The start, <laughs> and also the end of me caring. <laughs> I don't blame you. I, I do not blame you at all. Uh, now, um, you've got some news here about some release dates being delayed at Marvel. What's going on, Rich? Yeah, I love getting you bad news. No. <laughs> what's happening, man? You, you know that I'm ex- all this stuff that you're going to mention I'm excited for, so just tell me what's happening, Rich. Uh, so they've basically de- delayed four Marvel movies. They've, um, they've delayed Secret Wars, Blade, Deadpool, and Fantastic Four. Now, so all Blade... the ones I care about, Rich. They're all yeah. ones I care about. Yeah. Which I thought was hilarious. Um, <laughs> so Blade has been pushed back to September 2024. Really? So that's literally in a year's time. Wow. Deadpool has been pushed back to November 2024. Really? So you'll have just over a year to wait for that. That's two years, Ben. We're in 2022. Oh, shit, you're right. Yeah, sorry. I forgot. Wow. Um, really? So I thought Blade was Secret supposed Wars to come out next year. has been pushed back to May 2026. Right. Well, but didn't and you say Secret Wars is 2024? No. No, uh, Deadpool and Blade is 2024. I see, right, okay. And Fantastic Four is 2025, February 2025. Gee, that's a long way. These are all subject to change again, but this is just... That's a long way out, man. How come it's so long out? Like, it feels like that's a million years ago. Well, the Blade... Okay, look, the Deadpool one I can understand because that's kind of only just being... Yeah. Yes. And now it's the blade being pushed back to 2024. I'm kind of like, this has been in the works for a while. Well, that I think was, weren't they just about to start filming and then the guy pulled yeah, out? I, I think this, yeah, I think this movie is going to end up being probably a flop. Um, blade or a flop, you're thinking? I think so. I, you know, just like sometimes how, like, uh, well, put it this way, like, you know, like the Han Solo movie was like problematic, you know, like there were so issues and people fire dropping out. Sure. Uh, I just feel like, and I think the same issue happened with the fantastic. Like the fact that you know they lost the director just as about shooting, and, sure. and I don't know. I just, I just have a feeling like it's been too. Sometimes the movie gets too tumultuous, or there's just too much shit going on. I tell you what, they should do. It's time. Back. It's time to call Wesley. It's time to call yeah. Wesley again. They, they, they've got to just call him and go Blade Four. Let's go. And I, I'm assuming Secret Wars has been pushed back because probably they're like, oh fuck, now that we're making it a movie and not a. Well, uh, they've got a. Plus thing. They have to actually spend more money and 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 like make it bigger. So. Well, they're going to have to have X Men and all sorts of stuff in there, you know. So they've got to figure out what they're going to do. So I don't know. It's it's disappointing to I'd me. I'd be that... surprised if there's X Men considering. Oh wait, when's the X Men movie supposed to be coming out? I don't know, but like I would save it for twenty twenty six. Well, it looks like well, if Fantastic Four is coming out twenty twenty five, that means they will then be part of Secret Wars. Yeah, and I would say that they'll at least have Wolverine. Um you know, in Secret Wars, you would think. I mean, he was in the original comic. It would make sense for Wolverine, if not any other members of the X-Men, to be there. 
just to put some spotlight on Wolverine to give the fans fucking something for our time. You know what I mean? Like, because we've been fucked around enough. You know what I mean? We've been fucked around enough. It's been long enough that the X-Men haven't been in the movies. And, And people like me are starting to ask serious questions. I know Hugh Jackman's coming back for Deadpool 3. Thank sweet Jesus Christ. And maybe they'll back the money truck up enough that he'll come back full-time for everything. And, you know, I could be happier then. But um, as you can tell, there's a bit of intensity down this end of the line, Rich. Could you feel it? Yeah, not too much, maybe. <laughs> I just get annoyed, man, because I'm just like, God, give me some more X-Men. Enough of this shit. You know, like, enough of just this boring fucking shit they're pumping out. Like, give me some proper X-Men stories. Anyway, um... Barbarella is rebooting, Rich. Um, the uh... hey, everything's rebooting. We're living in the age of the three R's. Did you know that? Reboot, reboot, what? remake, reimagining. <laughs> yeah, it's true, true. Well, Barbarella. I mean, but that was like late sixties, wasn't it? With Jane Fonda. Am I thinking of the yeah. right movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah Jane Fonda. Yeah. That is correct. Wow. Correct. But I mean, surely, I mean, I. Fucking barely remember the movie. Um, I've probably seen it like once in my life. It's famous for her dressed in not much. Isn't isn't that kind of the main thing about the movie that I remember anyway? Yeah, but I'm sure that the, this movie will be like the exact opposite. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like the original movie is famous for Jane Fonda dressed very skimpily. You know, like like that was kind of the the main thing of it. Like it was almost out of a sort of Playboy sort of. Um, Photo shoot, well, but, in the know. new one, she'll be covered from head to toe. Yeah, but like, I I, I don't remember anything about Barbarella other than that. That's all, and, and most of that. Oh, was, it was basically just one of those like old, like spoofy, um, sci-fi movies. Man, it wasn't like it, it wasn't Shakespeare or anything like no, that. No, no, just, no, no, definitely not. It was just fun. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, so they're rebooting that. I don't know. It's, it seems stupid. Now, um, Madam Webb. Uh, is shooting. Um, there was a set photo leak. I believe the girl who's going to play Barbarella is also Madame Webb. Um, nothing other than we know that Madame Webb is not the even older than Aunt May, Madame Webb from the you remember the animated show that I remember. Like she's like. Well, to be fair, Aunt May has gotten progressively young in every single Spider-Man. I agree, reboot. but like the original Aunt May from the comics and even the original um, Sam Raimi movies, she was a pretty aged woman. Um, Madam Webb in the animated series was like really old, from what I'm remembering. Remember Madam Webb? She's like in the. She was basically what? Skeleton. She almost was. Yeah, yeah. She's in um. Uh, Madam Webb is in that Juggernaut Roger Stern story, Spider-Man versus the Juggernaut. She's in that. I remember in the comics. Have you ever read that? Wait, we did. <laughs> did we? Okay. Well, I thought we probably did. Yeah. Um. Nobody stops a Juggernaut or something. Um. Yeah, but so, but she's in that. I, I think that might have been her first appearance. Um, but anyway, so isn't it? Uh, it, it's an early. It's an early. Yeah, I was gonna say I did, didn't seem like a first, but it does seem like it's early in the Madame Web sort of story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, the point of the story is she's been massively de-aged um, for for this movie. I still can't understand how we're getting a Madame Web movie without Spider Man. It makes no sense. You're gonna have oh, to. Right, um, it's all garbage right now. Like, it's just, there's so many just shows about, like, I don't know, like, uh, it's Sony. They don't have anything. That's the problem, you know. That's why they're making, like, look, Vandermark can understand and 
but I, I think they're just trying to take any they're trying to take any Spider-Man adjacent character uh, and and trying to make something because that's all they have. They only have the Spider-Man stuff. But, but, so. but why not put Spider-Man in some of them? That's what I'm saying. Like Spider-Man well, doesn't need to be I, the main. I, I guess hero. the problem is, is one um, as your main star gets bigger and bigger, you got to pay him a lot fucking more just to even cameo or or sure. be in in movie and two you kind of i guess in a in a way you want also the movie to look he may be in like you know the post credit scene or like a cameo or or something like that but yeah. i think you also need the movie to stand on its own if if it's going to be its own franchise mm. yeah i suppose but i i would have him in there like even a little bit like i i, I just think a madam web the i i tell you what they could do with madam web they could have um, like Ghost Spider and those kind of characters and Silk and whoever else. They could they could carry some weight. So you could have some of the Spider Family characters. There's there's a lot of them, and I believe Sony owned them all. So, oh, I'm sure there'll be a ton of female Spider characters in this. Well, that could help. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Ghost Spider. She's a pretty cool character. You know, you could have her in there, um, and she can fulfill the role of Spider Man. You know, that's what I would do. So if you're not going to have... What makes her a cool character? Well, I like her. Well, she's got a cool... I didn't say you're not allowed to like her. I'm just asking okay, what let, makes okay, her a cool let, character. Let, let me tell you. She's young. She's hip. She's got a cool suit. She's got the same sort of patter as a Spider-Man. She could definitely be a Spider-Man-like replacement in a Madam Web movie or a Craven movie. Like, she can fulfill the role. She's similar enough, kind of, is what I'm saying. She's, and, and she's got a great costume, you know, which I think helps. So I would love to see that in live action, man. I would love to see Ghost Spider uh, in live action. Uh, I'd be down for that. And you've got Silk as well, um, who's got her own powers and stuff. So there's enough there that if you're not going to use Spider-Man, you've got to use someone. So the instant, my instant thought is, well, you go to the bench, you know, and you've got... And also she was in Into the Spider-Verse, and I believe she's in the sequel. So there is some recognition amongst young audiences of who she is. Like, they're very aware of who she is. You know, um, so yeah, why not? Like, if they're not going to use Peter Parker, you could use her. I mean, you could also. Yeah, why, I mean, why not? I mean, there's about fifty different Spider-Man characters. So pick, well, they pick, own pick. them all. Like, so it's like it makes sense to use them, man. Because if they if they're like, well, we better not touch Peter Parker because we're using him in. We've got plans for him, and they're sort of got to align with Marvel more. With that, then you use the other Spider characters that that are more tangential that you completely own. That, that you don't need to give those to Marvel. And see, I think you can make it work. I'm not saying it would be... It's not easy, but it's definitely doable. Because it's not a comic book that you have to pump out one every couple of weeks or month. You only have to do one movie every two years. You know? And so, you know, maybe you do two... You do a movie a year from the Spider Universe. I think you could pump it out for a while. But you need to lock down some characters who are going to appear... Um, for a, for a period of time. So your Silks, your Ghost Spiders, and I'm sure there's others, a Miles Morales potentially, someone like that. But I would go Ghost Spider over Miles Morales. So I think Miles Morales suffers from being too sort of similar to the actual Spider-Man, like, you know. So go a Ghost Spider who's got that cool costume. See, I think the great... And that's the only thing that makes her different from Spider-Man is the costume. Oh, I mean, she's a female, or, you know, like, but she's got the same sort of quirky sense of humour. I, I mean, I... 
So basically, so just like Miles Morales, the only thing that makes it different is her costume from Peter. From I think she's got slightly different powers, like, but they're similar. Like, yeah, I'm trying to go for something that's very similar to Spider. Oh, Miles Miles Morales is different. He's got stingers. He's got that sting electricity, bro. I'm just all I'm saying is I'm going for my favorite, which is Ghost Spider. I prefer Ghost Spider over Miles Morales or Silk. My, My ranking would go Peter Parker, Big Gap, Ghost Spider. Big Gap, Silk, Big Gap, Miles Morales. That's my ranking of the Spider main characters. I think they should all be put in a second throne in the ocean. Including Spider-Man? No. What? All of them except for Spider-Man. Well, we live in the real world, man, where th- there are issues. No, I live in the real world. Spider-Man doesn't live in there, the real world. There are real issues in using the Spider-Man Peter Parker character too much, which they obviously are, otherwise they would use him in Venom and stuff. So... Okay, and maybe that comes down to the cost and probably having to consult with Marvel. So you go to your bench, and your bench you do have. Yeah, I agree. They are very similar to Spider-Man, but that's kind of their strength if you use them sort of sparingly and in the right location. I'm just saying, I want a spider character in Craven. I want a spider character in Madam Web. I think the movies without them will really struggle. And, and it would make, I guarantee you, there will be spider characters in Madam Web. It would make no sense not to be. And we also know that Olivia Wilde is doing that Spider-Woman movie, um, which is <laughs> which is still a long way off. But I found out today, which I didn't know this, I found out that she got served her divorce papers yeah, while she yeah. was at a comic con on stage. Yeah, a while ago. Yeah. It was no, it was custody. It was custody papers. Or whatever. I did whatever it was. I didn't know that. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it was that guy that's in um Andy Sudeikis. Yeah, yeah, whatever. He's in that football show. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even know what it's called, but like Ted, Ted Lasso or something. Yeah, like that's it. Ted Lasso. Yeah, Ted Lasso. Well done, well done, Rich. Yeah, and well done for catching up on news. That happened about a few months ago, and I think I reported. Again, it. I only found out about it today. Dude, because I, I reported it on the show. I reported it on the someone show. Someone was talking about that uh, stupid movie that she just made. Yeah, um, don't worry, darling, or something. Yeah. Don't worry, darling, and someone was talking about how. The only stuff that the only talk that's coming out of that movie is all the behind shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all the behind the scenes shit about like her cheating on her husband with Harry Styles, Harry Styles spitting on um, Chris Pine. Uh, yeah, Chris Pine. Like, um, uh, it's just so much drama. And then I, and when they were talking about the drama, they're like, oh, her serving, getting served papers. Yeah, yeah. While she was on stage, I was just like, Jesus Christ, yeah. this woman sounds like a nightmare. I think it's a pretty, uh, what do you say, non-amicable divorce. It's not an amicable separation, divorce, whatever you want to call it. not if you're banging Harry Styles, you know. So I couldn't think of anything worse. Do you have to listen? I to know. Him? I was just like, really? that That's what you threw your marriage away for? Like, yeah. Jesus. Like, talk about not having standards. Yeah. He, he is super annoying, even from a distance. But, um, and, and apparently can't act either, you know? Apparently just cannot act in that movie. He's apparently terrible. Um, so apparently he got that role, but apparently it was originally supposed to be Shia LaBeouf. Yes. And yes. he got let go or he quit or something like that. Yeah, that's right. That's correct. Um, anyway, now you've got some news here about the Percy Jackson show. What's that? What's happening, Rich? Oh, just some casting announcements. So obviously, we know that the Disney Plus is doing a Percy Jackson um, show, mm-hmm. you know, based on the books. Cool. And WWE wrestler Edge has okay. been cast as the God of War Ares, which... He actually, he, he, it certainly looks. Let me uh, Google this. Like, I'll be, I'll be the judge. I mean, he's he's up against it um, with um, the Aries from Xena. I used to like that guy's work. 
Um, remember the guy who played Zeno? He died in a car accident. Um, I remember off the top of my head. Now. Oh, yeah, no, he, oh, was, he, was, he was a good... Okay, yeah, no, he definitely has that Nordic kind of look. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, he looks almost beasty, like almost bestial in a way. Yeah, no, he's very strong. I always thought, you know what, if you're going to do another live-action Sabretooth, I always thought Edge would have actually been a pretty good Sabretooth. He's got he would that, be a good Sabretooth, this guy, yeah. Sabretooth yeah. look. How old is he? He looks young here, but this could be old. Oh, no, he's. I think he's in his 40s. Right, okay. I think I'm looking at younger pictures. Um, he's in incredible shape. Um, yeah, I mean, well, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I think the pictures I'm looking Oh, I can see pictures where he's got more grey and stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah, where he looks a bit, a lot, quite a lot older. Yeah, I, I think that's reasonably good casting. You'd probably darken the hair, would you, Rich? Would you keep it blonde? Uh, I don't think his hair is natural, like super naturally blonde. So you could probably get him to just grow out his. Looking at it here, I'm seeing blonde, blonde, blonde. So it's but whether that's bleached could well be. I'm looking. Here. Well, okay, I've so maybe it's just me. I've always more seen his hair as like a light. Uh, when he was younger, he had it much more blonder. Yeah. Now he looks a bit more like light brown. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm looking. I've never heard of the guy before, but it definitely looks. Looks good. Could play either. Well, I was. I always thought he would have been a really good um, Sabretooth. I just like with, sure. the, with the hair, yep. the long hair, and yep. a bit of that facial. I was like, and, and plus he's, he's you know he's big. He's a wrestler. Yeah. So he's not he's not tiny or anything. Um, I just thought he would have made a good uh, good Sabretooth. Wasn't the original Sabretooth in um, X Men a wrestler? You know the guy. Who's, uh, you know, the yeah, yeah, I believe he was. Yeah. He's hardly in it, though, is he? He's just in the start where he fights Wolverine. Oh, yeah. It's also a non-speaking line base, you know, non-speaking role as well. That guy must have thought he hit pay dirt because Sabretooth should have had a bigger role in the X-Men movies than that, you know? Well, especially... Well, here's the thing. It's so weird to me because, you know, I mean, obviously you were always going to make Wolverine the um, the main character. Like, sure. that was always the plan from the start. So, yeah, so it is weird that you kind of wasted... Sabretooth. Uh, Sabretooth in the first movie, like just making him a, a henchman, basically when he's supposed to be, you know, one of Wolverine's deadliest and and longest foes. Is he still in it? You know, at the end of X Men, when they're at the end of the first movie, you know, when they're fighting with Magneto's doing the thing and whatever he's doing, is Sabretooth there then, or is it just at the start when he fights him? Very no, he's still at the end because he fights. Uh, he fights Wolverine on top of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, right. Um, okay, so he, he he makes it that far, but as you say, it's almost yeah. not speaking. Yeah, but he's just he's just basically a henchman. He's just a hired. He's just a hired henchman at the end of the day. You know, he's just a he's just a bodyguard. Yep, you've got some interesting Liam Neeson news here, Rich. Um, uh yeah. So uh, uh, rumor that obviously Liam Neeson has been tapped to star in the. Uh, Seth MacFarlane uh, Naked Gun reboot, which I didn't even really? know they were doing. Uh, uh, but I'm not surprised. I mean, as I said, we're living in the three R's. So while I didn't know this was happening, I'm not surprised that they're doing a Naked Gun reboot. By the way, I have the Police Squad um, Blu-ray. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, oh, that, that show is so fucking happy. That was the show before Naked Gun, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and what I find so fascinating is I've watched interviews, and the reason the show was cancelled, and this is what the guy at at the network said, they cancelled the show because people had to watch it. It's one of those shows where you can't just switch your brain off because you have to pay attention to the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to sit there and actually watch and listen and look. Yeah. Because the jokes are 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 so quick and so abundant, but you have to be paying attention to get them. Yeah. And so. 
so many people were not getting the the jokes or saying I don't get it, it's not funny because they weren't they were kind of just putting the TV on, not yeah. really paying attention, or talking, you know, in the family room, and so they were like, well, no one, no one's really watching watching it. They're not getting the jokes, so we're going to cancel it. Right, yeah, because it was it needed a bit of active watching. Good. Um, yeah. I've, I've never seen the original TV show. I have oh, seen the um, movies, which were which were good. Oh yeah, 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 the movies. But if you anyone out there, if you can if get your hands on it and watch it, it's gold. Like it's so many good. Like oh my god, the show was ahead of its time. Honestly, was it seventies or was it eighties? When was it? Oh, it was uh, a early eighties, I believe. Right, is OJ in it or not? No, 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 no. OJ's only in the movie. Right, okay, yeah. OJ before the slash. Before he was a slasher. <laughs> when he was just a cutter and runner. Um, yeah, 1982. Cool, okay. Um, now, at Comic-Con, um, Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox uh, were reunited 32 years after the Blockbuster trilogy. Tough to watch Michael J. Fox. You feel for him. He's really struggling, you know? Um, I caught some of it and, you know, it just all the medication and surgery in the world, he's got like late stage Parkinson's. It's tough to watch, man, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's sad. It, it is a shame because, I mean, he was such a, he was such a big part of um, movies and TV, uh, yeah. especially probably for you and me growing up. 100%. Um, you know, because one, you've got obviously, um, uh, oh God, what was the show that he was on? Uh wasn't wasn't family growing ties. Pains? Family ties. Oh, family ties. That was it. He was on Family Ties, and then you know he, he had some movies, but you know his biggest movie was obviously the Back, Back to, to the Future. Future. But he had a lot of you know he was always doing a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, and then he even had like a kind of resurgence Spin sort City. of like thing with Spin City and all that, which he had to leave because of Parkinson's and all that. So um, yeah, it's a real shame because yeah, he was. Uh, I mean, one of the he was uh, one of the last movies he did was with uh, Peter Jackson, which was The Frighteners. Yeah, it was uh, very underrated movie that one as well. That's so. a good movie. I agree. Yeah, no, it is sad. It's just sad. Like um, turning to weirder news, T.J. Miller kind of pathetically went after Ryan Reynolds in an interview. Apparently, Ryan Reynolds reached out to him afterwards, but he was just saying Ryan Reynolds was incredibly mean to him. He blew up. He changed after he became big with Deadpool. Listen, Ryan Reynolds was a major star before Deadpool. Um, TJ Miller, TJ Miller, TJ Miller, uh, his own actions, which we've reported on on the show during this show's existence, have led to his downfall. You know, and for him to go after Ryan Reynolds, it was pathetic to to listen to and watch. And uh, I think it says a lot more about him than Ryan Reynolds that that he chose a public forum to go after Ryan Reynolds when it's like, Ryan Reynolds is returning my course. It's like, well, so is the rest of Hollywood. Whoa, 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 Dave. Yeah. Whoa. That's it. Whoa. You love it when people air their shit <laughs> so that you can, don't, don't try and say, how dare this man go on a public forum and give his views and his feelings and, oh, and stuff. Well. Don't, don't bullshit. You love it. There's you, blowback, you love though. people going yeah, on. Man, there's blowback, though. Like, I'm just saying don't, it's pathetic. Don't, don't, protect, don't protect your little... Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds, you know, yeah. just because he's your Deadpool. Don't go, oh, Ryan Reynolds, oh, he's the man. Don't you dare attack my boy. Don't, don't do that, Dave. Don't do that. No, Come I on. will. I will. And and TJ Miller, let's face let's it. Let's be honest. Ryan Reynolds in real life is probably a bit of an arsehole. Look, I'm, I'm certainly not going to say that. And, and I, I think they both arsholes. I don't have a stake in this. I don't give a shit about what this. either of them say. TJ Miller, but, come T- on. TJ Miller falsely accused a woman of having a bomb on a train. That's actually fact. 
you know, that's what led to his downfall. That's one of the many things that led to his downfall in Hollywood. Okay. Criminal acts. And that's... Does, what does that make the... Does that make him saying that Ryan Reynolds treated him like shit or was mean to him false? Because it makes he, it suspect. It, it makes it suspect. It makes it suspect. Was, his drug abuse. You two know, things can be true, my friend. Two I, things can be true at the I don't same think, time. I don't think this is true at all. I, I, I think that this guy is a clown. I think he's crying for attention. Probably. Um, apparently, Ryan Reynolds, his line. apparently, Ryan Reynolds reached out to him afterwards. Um, yeah, he probably like, dude, I have a reputation. Please stop it. I'm sorry I was mean to you, okay? I, I think it was I unwise. Was, I hated you, but I'm sorry. Please stop Please stop spreading the story. Well, I'm 100% against it. <laughs> I, I think it's a sacrilegious thing what this guy's done. Oh, um, stop it. I stop would it. almost... If there was, like, not proper jail but kind of like pretend jail that we could put this guy in a room and he could do some quiet time for a couple oh, of weeks. Oh, stop it, I think Dave. That, that, stop that might it. Be, I think that might be what's required All here. because he's gone after your precious Deadpool. He's gone after Ryan Reynolds. He made a mistake. And, um, you know, TJ Miller, I hope you learn a lesson. You know, there was a lot of blowback. I'm not the only one giving him some feedback that was negative after, the, after his commentary there. You know, apparently some of it was in jest. So potentially, maybe it was taken out of context, but um, I'm sure. I mean, everything these days is taken out of context. Honestly, probably it was a very low moment in pop culture history. Uh, he took a shot. Oh my god! He... Jesus Christ, Dave! <laughs> wow! All this because your precious Deadpool, hey? <laughs> well, we'll see. Now it's so funny because had TJ Miller been talking about uh, anyone else, you would have been like, I could believe it. Yeah, he'd probably be shit. He's airing the dirty laundry. Now we get into the truth of the matter. But because it's your Deadpool, you're like, shut up, stop it. Leave my Deadpool alone. I don't want anything to harm the Deadpool release date any further than it's already been uh, done. Look, you know, I'll, I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. Also, he was playing Weasel. And frankly, I mean, Weasel's a good character, and and this guy kind of shit the bed with his own actions, and so I'm kind of against him for that. But you know, they say anyone can be rehabilitated. T.J. Miller, I think he's kissed his career goodbye though, so he's just going out swinging. Now, meanwhile, we had William Shatner reflecting on his voyage to space, and he was waxing poetic. Uh, he was recalling the experience where he went up in the rocket um, one year later. The actor admits everything I had expected to see was wrong. William Shatner expected he would achieve the ultimate carthesis after his historic flood to space. Instead, the voyage left him filled with grief, an overwhelming sadness, and a newfound appreciation for the beauty of Earth. My trip to space was supposed to be a celebration. Instead, it felt like a funeral. The comforter, this comforter of blue, how Shatner's blast on space became an ode to Earth. He said, I love the mystery of the universe. I love all the questions that have come to us over thousands of years of exploration and hypotheses. But when I looked in the opposite direction into space, there was no mystery, no majestic awe to behold. All I saw was death. Wow. William Shatner digging deep for his comments that there, sounds man. Like your, sounds like your type of thoughts. Yeah, I love it, man. I mean, he went out there into the icy desolation and realized that outside the earth lay death. Bang! Bang! Captain Kirk, man. He boldly went where no man has gone before. Or a few people have. But I, mean, I was going to say, <laughs> a couple of people have been there, Dave. Still, pretty cool. Um, apparently Tom Cruise wants to shoot a movie in space. Um, 
he wants wants to do a spacewalk and stuff. Uh, pretty cool that that Shatner went up there. And um, hey, look, they got a soundbite out of me. But do you feel that he was kind of reflecting quite deeply, like, or was this just kind of like toss away comments from the the great man? Sure, he felt it. I mean, you know, the Shatner's always been a bit of a um, an odd duck. I mean, you remember his singing career. Yes, Mr. Tambourine Man. Yeah, so, you know, I'm sure he felt that. I mean, you know, but, you know, he, he does look at life a little bit differently, I suppose, than other people. I love it. All I saw was death. That's cool. Uh, now, meanwhile, Supergirl is headed to 31st century um, with the Legion of Superheroes, an animated feature coming up early next year. Jensen Eccles is playing Batman, actually, I saw in the... I saw in the um in the in the notes for this. So Supergirl's going into the future, uh, not Superboy for some reason. Um, now this was a comment that Alan Moore has long had a sort of I would almost say contempt for the comic book industry in a weird way, considering he's made his career there. But he's always had a he 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 made a comment, and I want to open it up for discussion um, and get your comment first. The Watchman author believes superheroes contribute to the infantilization, the infantilization of adults. So making adults like infants. What do you think, Rich? I want to get your thoughts first. Um, brilliant writer, utter complete nutbag. Yeah, right. What, what, what is making people stay infantile these days is I think people are, one, lead an easier life. They stay with their parents longer than what they used to. Right. So, um, it just means that they they don't take on responsibility younger. Like it's weird for me because like I've been wake I've been working full time since I was sixteen years old. Like sure. I've I've had a full time job since I was sixteen. But if you're sort of someone who has grown up, you know, mom and dad have always paid the rent. Sure. Always paid your stuff and then you know you're 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 nineteen, twenty, twenty one, you're still living at home you know, still getting your washing done for you, all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Like you tend to not grow up as quickly or or because you don't have to, you know what I mean? Like Mm. other people at the age of, you know, uh, back in the day, people at 18, 19 were getting married and and getting a job and getting a house, Sure, you know, and and were being adults by by the time they were 21. You know what I mean? So it's not, it's not, it, it, because the thing is, not every person who acts a juvenile, infantile, or hasn't grown up is into comic books. Sure. There's lots of people today who've never read a comic book who are, you know, uh, not very mature or, or, yeah. or don't act immature. like... But, yeah. but that's, that's the world we live in, in and it's certainly not going to get any better concerning how we even, you know, model quality, like, kids even more now, mm. like... You know what I mean? Now kids are even way more protected and <laughs> and looked after, you know. And and I can see people staying with their parents now even longer. I can see people pushing 30 wow. still living at home with, with mom and dad coming up. Because again, because well, okay, look, it's 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 even harder to buy and I'm not I'm not saying it's people's fault. I'm not, you know, saying, oh, they should just get out there. I understand housing market's different from when, you know, people 30, 40 years ago, bought a house. Sure, it's um, expensive. Wage, or that, you know, it's 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 not it's not like oh my god, they just want to stay at home. No, they are mitigating circumstances. But I'm just saying that's all things that I think that have led to people, um, 
uh, taking longer to grow up or yeah or, or even not growing up is but the fucking hell just meant you know you 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 i think you think you're way more important than you are there like <laughs> the oh. fact that you think that you some have like you know affected an entire generations of people um mm. it's just silly like it's you know it's it's such a it's that, that's to me is as stupid as the guy who basically said oh all the kids in juvie read comic books so comic books lead to juvenile delinquency sure like, it's the, it's the dumbest fucking comment yeah. just because you've read you've met some immature people who are reading comic books doesn't mean that every single person who reads comic book is juvenile yeah. like it's, it's called it's, false equivalency when they do that. it is yeah. it's it's and and yeah and to put all that on comic books is just the dumbest thing i've ever heard like honestly. i will say this um yeah i i mean i agree of course but i will say that the power fantasy of some of the superhero comic books is is intrinsically linked i think to a younger kind of mindset i would say that and you know like they they dress it up now and hey, i mean he alan moore grew up reading comic books he's a grumpy son of a bitch man like <laughs> yeah, true i don't know i just you know yeah, you I, and i grew up reading comic books god's sake jm and the people we've interviewed yeah that's have right. all grown up uh reading comic books comic books have always been for kids yeah but it doesn't mean that just because but the difference is and this is what uh, i think alan moore needs to kind of understand Comic books, they changed. Like when he's, when, when, you know, um, when you get to the 70s, yeah. There, there was a lot of writers who were like, we could make comics more. Yeah. We, we can, we can write for a mature audience. We can mm. tell mature stories. And so, yes. So now when people got older, they didn't drop comics or older people came to comics because they weren't reading children's stories. Yes. They were reading more grown up, more adult. Even Alan Moore contributed to that for God's sake. Massively, massively. These stories were mature yeah. stories that you would not give to a kid. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So again, for him to make that comedy so stupid because his generation yeah. are the ones that grew up with the most kidified yeah. comics. When if you go back to your golden age and all that sort of stuff, and even your silver age, that was for the kids. Yes. That was your throwaway juvenile, you know, um, sort of stuff. Um, he does have yes, a weird obviously... contempt. He does have a weird contempt for the very medium that yeah, I he don't kind know. of I think, I think he's lost his mind, honestly. I think he's, I think he's lost it. Yeah. He's well, lost the plot. Well, yeah, I would say, that, yeah, he definitely has to some extent. I also wonder if some of it's to keep his name in the news at times, you know? Maybe it's just he goes, oh, it's that time shit. I haven't said anything stupid or well, controversial it's always like, the same like, sort of stuff from him you know what i mean like it's like when i read this i was like hasn't he said this before but i i thought i'd just get your probably. viewpoint but i yeah I, I do it now we did have some big news coming out of the superman panel it's connected to what michael kellishim wrote about um uh, it's to do with uh fans attending the superman panel on saturday at comic con we're given big news on the character's future uh the inflow surrounding the end of Superman, Son of Kal-El, so that's the Tom Taylor book, and Action Comics. Um, there'll be a new Superman ongoing launching in February. And it will feature Joshua Williamson writing with Jamel Campbell on art. Um, can you have a look on the internet to see what Jamel Campbell's art's like, Rich? Because I'd be interested in knowing that. Um, so there's a big thing here about um, about uh, Joshua Williamson talking about what an honour it is to be on Superman, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it is revealed that Action Comics 1051, DC's most action-packed title, will have a new format. 
offering not one, not two, but three epic adventures of Superman and the entire Super family, including stories by Dan Jurgens and Lee Williams. Um, there's a big bombshell event in Action Comics 1050. Uh, the world's relationship with Superman is forever changed. Uh, <laughs> the upper limits of his supercharged powers have yet to be reached, and the House of L's transformational metropolis led by Steel has begun. <clears throat> but Lex Luthor has found the perfect instrument with which to undo everything Superman is working to achieve. Mentallo, whose hatred of Superman is matched only by his hatred for Luthor himself. My one-word mission statement for Action Comics in 2023 is Super Family, and I draw inspiration from the 100-page giant Superman family issue, said writer Philip Kennedy Johnson. We're giving everyone in the House of L their own role and personal journey, while still keeping for Superman at the forefront and tying all the super titles together in a way that's reminiscent of the Triangle era. I couldn't be more excited to be part of this new era of action comics, blah, blah, blah. Um, okay, so breaking all that down, yes, as you said, they're cancelling Kal-El, son of whatever, and you know rebranding it, but they're going to be doing the triangle structure again, where they're going to be doing in, an inter-connecting you know, story. Yeah, well, of course dollars. they were, because you know people had better ideas back in the day, and these people now realise, oh, shit, we, we suck. We better just copy stuff from the past. Well, but... Okay, but will you be reading all three titles, Rich? God, no. Well, we're going to be doing some of them for Signal, but we're certainly not going to be reading oh, three, God, no. three titles every week. Fuck that, you know? Um, unless they're amazing. Like, but well, I read that. I read that fucking... Uh, I doubt it. Well, I read that, that Bendis trade, which was just woeful. We did an Action Comics last week, didn't we? Or a Superman last week, I think we did. for Superman. And it was pretty meh. Yeah, it was. I agree. It was, I very much agree with you. It was very and I mediocre. Think that art may have been Jamel, uh, if I remember. Well, the correctly. art was okay. I thought the art was alright. Oh, no, no. No, well, I don't know. I'm looking at Jamel's art here and it's pretty good. No. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not a fan. Some people might be a fan. I am certainly not one of them. Okay. Well, We'll find out. And now, Shopping with the Gang, um, just three titles up. Um, the Hush, Batman Hush, 20th anniversary hardcover. Man, it's been 20 years since Hush. Um, I'll probably get this. Yeah, you're old, Dave. I'll you're old, don't forget. I'll probably get this, man, to be honest. Um, I've got the Hush soft you cover. Batman. I've got the Hush soft guy. I have a bit of a Batman slut. Um, but yeah, and then there's Doom Patrol by Rachel Pollock, Omnibus. Now, have you heard of Rachel Pollock's Doom Patrol? I think it was sometime in the late 80s, Rich. She was a science fiction writer, and I think it's the first time they've collected these stories. Have you, did you ever read any of this stuff? Are you there? Yeah, I'm just going to have a look. Oh, no, 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 this was... Hmm? When I look up the Doom Patrol by Rachel Pollock Omnibus, why does it say Grant Morrison? I don't know, but but she's she she was a science fiction writer who did it. No, I actually didn't actually read Doom Patrol when Morrison was writing it. Honestly, you didn't or did? No, I didn't. Okay, because it was too weird for you, I bet. Yeah, I, look, um, I like Morrison when he like. This, this is different between you and me. I like Morrison when he writes superhero stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm not really into like. Uh, when he gets all like meta and yeah, like super weird and uh, it's just that's not it's not for me. That's not your cup of tea. That's fair enough, man. Um, anyway, and then the last thing I was wanted to mention more to criticize it was the new Teen Titans omnibus one. So it's just the 
just a reissuing of the Teen Titans omnibus. Why the fuck can't they give us Bron James Subban omnibuses? Why do they keep reprinting the Teen Titans fucking omnibus? Maybe they, I don't. Maybe they're missing some um, backup stuff, or they can't they can't print it anything. I don't know. I, I mean, I honestly have no bloody idea. I tell you what, they reprint. There must be a reason though, because Superman like is Superman. Like, yeah, you would think if they had an omnibus to put out that they hadn't put out of Superman, they would do it. So there must be. There has to be something that is causing an issue. Now, I don't know what that issue is, but it has to be because it's Superman, for God's sake. Like, come totally on. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, did you like the new Teen Titans? Actually, you're a big fan of it, aren't you? The you're talking about the Marv Wolfman, George yeah, Perez? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, got the, I've got the omnibuses on my shelf. How many are there? Like, how many are there? Uh, well, I've got four. Wow. Okay, right. Wow. Okay, so this is just a reprint of issue one. So it does four cover it all? Is four the whole run, or is there more? I think it covers most of it. Okay, cool. Um, but, and, I mean, it went on for so long. So. And, and have you read it all? Like, have you reread it all is what I mean? You know, have you... Uh, I've reread the first two omnibuses, yes. I haven't okay. got around to them. All right. Did it hold up? Yeah, I still enjoy it. Yeah, cool. Oh, no, it's good stuff, man. All right, dude, I'm But just it's gonna... different because you're not reading it for the first time. Yes. You, you, you're, you're remembering when you read it, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's, you're not enjoying it like it's the first time you read it. You're more enjoying it like, oh, I remember when I read this for the first time. Oh, yes, I remember when this happened. And, yeah. Oh, that's right. Like, it's more like that that you enjoy it, not yeah. like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm like now seeing it with different eyes or something like that. Like, sometimes you can do that, but not, it's not one of those. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying, man. Like, it basically sort of... um yeah, there's almost a nostalgia factor kind of thing. Yeah, well, that's for a lot of the stuff. If yeah. if you've read it before, honestly, if if you're reading <laughs> something old that you've never read before, like you're doing with the Bronze Age, then you then you're looking at everything with new, like fresh new um, eyes, where there's no nostalgia, like uh, for sure, factoring for sure. in. And when 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 Teen Titans came out, like. Were you? I guess you were too young to be collecting it at the time. Was yeah. it? Yeah. So did you? How did you read it the first time? Was it in trade paperbacks and stuff? Uh, no, just old... sometimes finding the old odd uh, issue back issue. Cool. Yeah, right. Because yeah, that was a big. Because I was saying this to a friend the other day. Like even in the late nineties, they still didn't collect a lot of stuff in trades. Like no, I, yeah, that's what I say. Trades is very much a two thousands thing. Yes, like two yes. thousands onwards is is where things really started being like, oh, we're going to collect this in trades. Before that, there wasn't really there was some. There was the occasional many. like, oh, here's a you know a pulp collection or something like that but no there wasn't like oh yeah this is the entire run of this in you know well there was something like the that. ones that they always collected dark Knight returns um uh watchman and i remember kingdom come i had all those in trades you know but oh. even when kingdom come came out that was still unusual to be coming out so close to when it was released. You know what I mean? Because it was just such a... Well, that was the thing. The the trades were generally, if I remember correctly, the trades were more of like the the one-off stuff, like the miniseries. Yeah. They used to collect that, but not like the actual ongoing um, stuff. That that definitely was the 2000s where they were like, oh, we should, you know, um, we should reprint the, like, uh, like with Nightwing, right? You know, so... You know, you're on issue fifty, but now you've just released, you know, volume two yes. of of the series. Like that was something really around about the two thousands that they started. Yeah, for sure. And that's when they started to go after the book market a lot more too. Mm-hmm. You know? Like it's the bookstore market, like because of the well, because I think they realised that libraries could buy them. 
exactly. Like, um, and, and stuff and all that. So, and collectors and, and collectors as well, like people like me and you. Well, correct. Yeah, well, and also don't forget, um, by 2000s, comic book shops were much, were much bigger. Yeah. You know, yeah. because remember back in the day when I was, certainly when I was getting comics, yes, I would find the occasional one in a news agency, but it was mainly in supermarkets. It was in uh, corner shops, you know, yeah. on the racks, so to speak, those old comic racks. That's how I used to find comics. So there wasn't, when I was going around, there wasn't like a comic book shop. Right. But once comic book shops started springing out, obviously they realized, well, hang on a second, like we've got to fill it. Yep. We can collect the trades, they can put it on the shelf, they can sell it. And then obviously then the library started doing it, and bookstores yep. started stocking it because again it wasn't obviously single floppy issues, it was collected. So, so yeah, then they realized, oh shit, there's an actual market here for us to reprint all this stuff. Totally. Yeah, interesting times, Rich. It's out of control. And there's nothing I can do now. Out of control. Spinning softly through the blue now And look beyond these walls As the meaning starts to dawn It's getting to the point Getting to the point It's out of control Like a fire that keeps on burning And nobody knows what I'm going through And the thoughts just keep returning And all you had to say Was that you
Cleveland Comics, Reg. Mm. Yep. Big one this week. Um, oh, before we get started, too, I want to mention something. Um, I have gotten, over the last two days, massively obsessed with ELO music. Um, it's a living thing. It's a living thing. It's a living thing. What a terrible thing to lose. Uh, he was a Trevor Wilbury man, Jeff Lynn. Oh, yeah. Produced a lot of albums, too. Produced... Uh, three Tom Petty albums, at least. Three really good Tom Petty albums. Uh, Full Moon Fever, Into the Great Wide Open, and, God, I forget what the other one's called, Highway Companion. Um, produced George Harrison, was a producer on um, The Travelling Wilburys. Very good producer um, as well. And, um, yeah, but had a lot of hits in the 70s with ELO. And um, I, I just, I don't know, yeah. I just... Well, start... I mean, they're so good, they were featured in Guardians of the Galaxy. Which song was it? I forget. Was it Evil Woman? Uh, no, Mr. Blue Sky. Mr. Blue Sky. Yeah, that's a good song. Um, yeah, they've got a lot of good songs, actually, I must say. They've actually quite the catalogue of very catchy numbers. Um, now, turning to Weekly Comics this week, was anything catching our interest at all? Let's see. The first thing up. Oh, that's right. Superman, the Kansas Siding, issue one. Um, now, this was James DiMatteis doing a Superman story. It was quite interesting, um, but I did find... Interesting ideas about Jor-El in particular, but I did find it a bit hokey that we're doing abduction stories in the regular DCU where people know aliens exist very easily. Um, it kind of felt like they were kind of trying to force the story in um, a little bit. What did you think, Rich? Uh, it's, I, I do enjoy it, but again, it's sometimes these existential mm. sort of... Uh, Stories tend to sometimes go a little bit over my head. I guess I'm not a very like um, I'm not a very deep spiritual like sure sort of cosmos person kind of thing at all. Then so like you know when the beans talking to him in like you know like trying to explain, I'm just as lost as Superman. Like I'm I'm also with Superman again. I don't understand. I'm like yeah. I don't blame you, man. I don't. You know, so no, look, James is a great writer, but I think his brain's on a very different um, yeah plane. Yeah, and my brain. Do you know what I mean? His his yeah, his brain exists in a different plane of existence too. He gets in very deep. He gets stuff. in super deep. You um, know, but I mean, it was still an interesting concept. I did enjoy the concept of like, you know, where where people were like, you know, um, especially because of alien abductions, mm. and and this is why I thought it was kind of a clever in that the easiest is so people go, well, hang on, Superman's an alien. How yeah. do we? He's he's not involved in this. How do we know that he's not? You know. Yeah, that he's that his, his race of blew up is a lie, and you know he's here to like scout us or get us ready for takeover. You know, so I was like, okay, well that's an interesting concept, especially because there are alien abductions and uh, uh, you know. And, yeah, but but and, here's and, here's my counterpoint well, to that. Like, yes, it's interesting, but in our world, aliens are very much uh, it's a question. Yeah, but but Perry, know? but yeah, but Perry White does actually point that out. He goes, Clark, you know, we live in a world with super beans or superpowers, but there's just something about these people that's very hokey. It's like, yeah. it's it's gossip magazine shit. So he does address that of like, we live in a world of all this stuff, but these guys come across as kooks. They yeah. come across as the wackadoos. So, you know, that I was like, at least they, they pointed that out. They had a character just like you saying, you know, Jesus Christ, we live in a world where... There's a Superman, for God's sake. We know there are aliens. Alien. We know there are aliens. Yeah. So like, well, yeah. what Perry White is trying to say is that, like, these people are, like, 
the, the crazies, you know, yeah, the, the, the lunatic weirdos. Yeah. Interesting story, though. Look, I've only read issue one. It was a lot longer than I expected. I, I'd give it a 7 out of 10. What are you giving it, Rich? Mm. 7 out of 10 is actually... It's a, it's a good score because um, it's about 120 pages, 130 pages in total. Yeah. It's very interesting. Again, it's J.M. Dimitri, so you know it's written well. Mm. Dialogue is fantastic. Art is really good. Art is um, good. Art is good. The, art, the art's fantastic. It's just the, the ending for me was just a little bit like over my head. Um, it's not a bad ending. It's just an ending where I'm like, eh, I think my brain isn't on on this level that I can like, yeah, resonate with it, so to speak, or or, or get it. I just didn't, I didn't get the whole. Um, you didn't connect. Different being, different yeah. plane. But again, that's because my brain. I'm not that guy. I'm not eh, that guy who like. And JM definitely is. He loves that stuff. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. No. So, what do you give a seven or what? Yeah, yeah, I think seven's a, a, a good, it's a good school. Cool. Uh, then we had um, Punisher War Journal Brother One. I actually really enjoyed this. I thought this was a good, again, I'd probably give it a seven, but it was a lot better than I expected. I, I thought this Punisher was done well. I like the way it ends. After he basically dies, he gets reborn again by the hand or healed up by the hand by the magic. He then goes back to Maria. Um, it's kind of a one and done. Um yeah, I, I thought this was an interesting issue of Punisher. What did you think? Uh, I thought it was pretty boring. What, just more of the same old, same old? Because it was a bit well, like it, that. Been, well, the, the thing is, as you said, it's a one and done, so this doesn't really push any story forward or whatever. I guess you could say, oh, it's a, a look into the character, but really it's just it's just someone probably just recently watched John Wick sure. and was like, oh, I want to have the Punisher be... Um, attacked by all these assassins trying to take him out. Mm. I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to put that, and then they did it, and it's done. And I'm like, I don't know. I kind of feel like it's. You're a bit, you're a bit underwhelmed, were you, Rich? Yeah, well, as I said, I just feel like this was someone who had just recently watched John Wick. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, but it wasn't a bad Punisher story, you know, because like they've got a lot of criticism. For, I don't you know. know. I'm not a big fan of the the Punisher hand thing. Um, him running around with a katana, chopping people like he's well, a ninja. Well, neither neither am I in, in in conception. But I, you know, I I'm not sitting here saying that's how I prefer my Punisher. But I actually thought it was done relatively well. Mm. Not not you, Rich. You're you're kind of not no. there, are you? It's just weird him having an army. Yeah. Well, you know, because he's not doing this all by himself. Like the whole story is he's barking orders and he's got a whole bunch of ninjas helping him. So mm. I just. I don't know. It just doesn't feel right to him not doing a solo or having to go it all alone and think yeah. on his feet and whatever. Yeah. He's kind of he's got an army there helping him, man. He's got like a whole platoon. It's just ah, it's just not the Punisher's got assistance. Punisher's got assistance uh, more than just microchip now. You know, yeah, kind of like he's almost like a field marshal now or like a field commander, like <laughs> you know, commanding his platoon. It's just a bit weird. It's I don't know. Just uh, it's, not, it's not terrible. It's just it's just not really. What I'm looking for in Punisher, that's all. Yeah. No, I hear. I, look, I thought it was better than I expected. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. What are you giving it, Rich? That's a 6. I thought the art was a little wonky, like it worked, but it wasn't. The art was a very inconsistent, unfortunately. it Sometimes it looked really good, and then sometimes it looked very amateurish. But it yeah. could. Uh, I'm not familiar with the artist, so maybe he was under a deadline or, or something. But it was. there were three moments where you were like, ooh, that looks, that looks hard. Yeah, I, I just... Yeah, I just didn't quite 
get the art, you know? Like, I was just a little bit sort of like, mm, not sure, you know? Yeah, as I said, the art jumps between like, oh, wow, that's a good shot, or that looks really good to, ooh, that, that's, that's hard to look at. Yeah, kind of what, what are we doing kind of thing almost, you know? Like, hmm. uh, yeah, no, I, 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 like, he I ran, like he ran out of time. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And, and you know what? That could be the sign of a younger artist too, like a less experienced artist kind of thing who's, who's you know, just getting used to being in the big time, you know? Yeah, it could um, be. Yeah. Now, then we had uh, Batman Incorporated 1. I liked this and I liked the art, but I did find the story a bit impenetrable. Um, like, I was uh, like, I was like, I was struggling to catch up with the story and that's not what you want in a number one. Uh, look, I, I did like it. I'm going to give it another seven. I, I And I like the artwork and I like the idea, but this was not your new reader friendly at all. Oh, no. I mean, for God's sakes, they kill someone at the start of the book and then they're like, oh, go check out this issue to find out who this the guy is. I'm like, is, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, no thanks, you know? <laughs> you know, why did you have one of the characters tell me who it is? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And I then if you say, if you want to know more, check out this yeah. issue or something like that. But, I mean, don't like, to find out who this character is. Check out this. I'm like, no, no. You need to tell me in this book who, yeah. who they are and why I should care, which they do a little bit, but not enough for me to actually be like, oh, oh, interesting. But... So it's weird. This is called Batman Incorporated, right? Yeah, it's all the. It's like the yeah. sequel to the Grant Morrison. But no Batman in it. Well, the whole point of Batman Incorporated was that he incorporated Batman with all the different Batmans of all the different nations. You know, but they're not all Batman, aren't they? No. Well, the guy running, leading them, is called Ghost. Then no, but the, they're all the different right? like versions of Batman, like <laughs> Batman analogs kind of thing. And then you have the Batman. Not, not, not that Mexican guy in the red bandana. He's, He's in not. the Batman Incorporated, though, as is um, Knight and Squire and all that. They're all in there. Yeah, but that guy running in the red bandana does not strike me as any kind of Batman analog. No, but I think he's a. I think he's. I look. I'm. I'm reaching, but I believe he might be a. A throwback to Zorro, who was the inspiration for Batman. There's a character called Batman Japan, and then there's Batman of China, and I'm just like, this is so ridiculous. But they're in the original man. I know, and I found that ridiculous then, and I'm still finding it ridiculous now. I sometimes think you're just anti-Batman. You're just out to hate on Batman. You know, like, you've got this... Listen, I'm anti-anything where uh, there's 50 versions of a fucking character, or there's 50 analogs of a character. I like it. I like that many Batman, because there's got to be that many Batman to keep order in the world, Rich. If only that was real, and we had them everywhere. Oh, that's so sad, because all you need is one Superman. Anyway, look, but would you agree with me? Like, forget about everything else. I just found the story a bit hard to get into. Like, I was they weren't explaining it. Like, it was just like, I was supposed to know who everyone was. Yeah, look, it's a very interesting story. And in fact, if this was a Batman story, it would be very intriguing. Um, because in the story, it is someone... Now, okay, so the main character of this book, or the leader of this book, is... I think he's called Ghost. Yes. And apparently him and Batman have been trained by the same people. Yeah. Some of them are not nice people, right? So sometimes he's obviously they've had to pretend to be criminals or yeah. infiltrate that just to learn, you know, all that sort of shit. 
And that's a very interesting concept for a story. Someone is going around killing Batman's, All the Batman's um, teachers. Yeah. Right? And they even live in science and no more teachers. The problem is the main character is this character called Ghost who I know nothing about, so I don't care. So yeah. I feel like this is this could be a wasted story on a character that's not Batman. Sure. Yeah. Because this would have been a really good way to get more insight into all the stuff that Batman did when he was. But the fact that Batman's not there, I just feel amp- like hurts it and makes it less impactful. Yeah. Because you're like, I don't know who this fucking ghost guy is. Yeah. When he says like, oh, she doesn't trust me because I'm like, I don't know who you are, bro. I don't trust you. Like, why am I supposed to care? I don't know you. Yeah, I, I would see if it was Batman going, oh, when I left, was on good terms, she she hates me or something like that. I'd be like, ooh, what did you do, Batman? Like, but when it's a ghost, I'm like, I don't even know what you look like, bro. Well, I don't well, even know who you are. I'm going to put this idea out there. Why wouldn't you start with a flashback scene with Batman interacting with that character that gives you information on who that character is, then you spin into the story? So you, you have a scene with Batman interacting with the leader, so for readers, because I really believe a number. This is a number one of a new title. You know what I mean? I know it's coming out of threads that have been spun probably by Tinian uh, and and etc. and Williamson potentially. But g- give me a little flashback with a little bit of a build into the yeah, story. But Dave, we've had this conversation before. Writers today do not live by the mantra that every issue is someone's first issue because no, I get these it. fuckers just write for the trade. Yeah, but even still, it's the first issue of a new fucking series, so give me something. Yeah, but again, the writer... Who is the writer? Uh, it's Ed Brisson. Yeah, so clearly he doesn't understand how to set up a first issue on how to bring people in. He just puts things, read this issue, go fucking do the homework and, and read up who these characters are. I'm not yeah. going to explain it to you. Uh, I think that's a no? mistake. I think that's a mistake, you know? I really do. I think that's part of the reason why, if I was a new reader, like if I hadn't read so much fucking Batman that I kind of could fumble my way through this, I would be so lost. Uh, and also, it's not like the characters were particularly sympathetic, so that you really felt for them. Um, you were sort of, I, I, yeah, I don't care about any of these characters. I don't care I, about any. Well, I like, I like Knight. I've always liked Knight. Um, Squ- yeah, but Knight this isn't Squ- even the original Knight. It's the girl. It's the girl. There was she was Squire. She became Knight, I believe. Last time I saw I Squire, she was a fucking thirteen-year-old kid. Now she's what thirty? Yes, I believe kid? that. I believe that is her. Yes, I believe that is her. She became Knight after Knight got killed. So she took some growth hormones, or dude, it happened like ten or twelve years ago, man. It happened ten or twelve years ago, bro. And she's in the mid twenties now. It happens, man. It's called aging. Yeah, it's called it's called the uh, new fifty-two. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, I'm not even that confident in what I'm saying. But, but like, um, she's the least of the problems. Um, I, I just think, Ed Brisson, if you're listening, do a building to the character. Because it's great you're writing for the trade, but no one will buy the trade if people are so confused by the first issue that it was it was quite impenetrable, frankly, I, I felt. Like, I, I fumbled my way through it, and I kind of liked it, but I was like, my God, he could make this so much more accessible it wouldn't take that much more work, Ed. Like, just give, do a bit more work to make it accessible to readers. You know, it's the first issue of no. a new series, you know? Come on, No, Ed, you must do the homework, Dave. You yeah, he's like, fuck you. Go read Batman 102. 
do yourself a favor, okay, readers. Have Wikipedia open. Will yeah, you? exactly. Have the exactly. Yeah, have Batman fucking Wikipedia just raring to go, so you can answer questions. Because Ed Brisson will not do the work for you. Fuck you. You know. <laughs> yeah, do it yourself. I don't have time to explain these characters to you. I've got a story to write. He's like, he's like, screw you, slaves. <laughs> you plebs. How do you not know these? characters off by heart how do you not know these extremely fringe characters in the batman universe some have only like been made 10 years ago yeah and some like maybe 10 fucking minutes ago like as well i don't think i don't think because certainly not all of them i don't know who ghost is that's for sure i do remember no i don't vaguely i remember batman uh, japan batman and obviously i know batman of china from that terrible chinese superman book that they did oh jesus um, during New 52 or, or Rebirth, I couldn't remember which one it Did was. Did you catch but they a bit the... where the guy's like, I'm Batman of Japan, it got really awkward when Batman of China turned up. And I was like, "Was that the, is that like a, you're trying to do like an Asian thing or something? I was like, is that what he was trying to say? No, I think he was, no, they were just making the joke. So the guy said, call me Jiro. And the guy was like, why? Why must I call you by normal name? And he goes, well, because Batman of Japan just sounds a bit too much, especially now that we have Batman of China. It's just like everyone's just going to be Batman of something. So he says, until I find a better name, just call me Jiro. Yeah. I mean, Batman of Japan Jiro? just sounds... Oh, fuck, I can't remember. Batman of Japan just sounds like something they put on the marketing, like, you know, back on the action figure, <laughs> like Batman of Japan. Oh, like, for sure. You know, Full show. Like, that is just, like, literally... No, I'm giving it seven. What are you giving it, Rich? Uh, I'll give this one a five, honestly. Okay. Then we had Junkyard Joe. Uh, look, I did enjoy it. I Look, I actually enjoyed it quite a lot, actually. I found it was a bit formulaic, but it was good, and I see potential. And I do love that artwork, man. I, I really enjoyed oh, it. Oh, yeah, you know. yeah. It was good. Like, it was good. Um, I kind of wish it went further than it did. Um, and I'm disappointed to see that they'll be out of the numb. Um. But it was well, this is, just a, this is just a sort of a, not, a, not an origin book, but just, yeah, this is just a, a an introductory book, you know, uh, uh, setting up a character and getting a feel for a character. Is there going to be more of this book or is this a one shot? Uh, there might be more. I mean, maybe it depends on how well this does and, and all that sort of stuff, because I believe this is part of his, his world that he's building. Yeah, his mad ghost imprint. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure there'll probably be more. Oh, yeah. dude, I, well, I, I dug it. I mean, I, I'm, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm going to give it an eight, 8 out of 10. What are you giving it, Rich? I, yeah, I agree with that. That is actually pretty much where I was thinking. 8 out of 10, fantastic art, good story, great dialogue. I uh, hope they put eight. out more Geiger as well, because I really dug Geiger, you know? Yeah, I, I'm hoping that Geiger did well enough that we get more of it. Yeah, well, it's just good to see Jeff Johns. You know, all those people who are like, all Jeff Johns could do is like rehashes of DC. You know, you know, remember there was that Jeff Johns thing where apparently he couldn't write. They were saying and stuff, and like all his DC work sucked. Like, it's like fuck you, people. Like, um, this is without DC, and it's very readable to me. Oh yeah. Oh no. Um, this, this is definitely a character that I would enjoy reading. Uh, more of their sort of adventures because it's. Um, it's one of those books where it's not actually about him. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I really enjoyed about this. So obviously you think, oh, it's a it's a it's a GI Joe robot, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it's going, but it's actually more about the soldiers. Yes. Um, and he's actually silent. Like everything is from the perspective of the soldiers. Yeah. 
um, uh, and especially the one. And so I really enjoyed that. And I thought to myself, you know what, that would be a very interesting way of telling a story where he's the sort of, he's the thing. Yeah. There, but you're more, it's more about other people, how they view him, their relationship to him. Um, and maybe also maybe a little bit what he learns yeah. from those soldiers. Cause in this, he disobeys orders Yeah, because the, the unit that he's with, they sort of, they start off not trusting him, not liking him because he's when they find out he's a machine. Yes. Um, because he starts off looking human, but just doesn't talk. And then obviously when he saves them and they're the machine, uh, they keep going and then slowly they kind of, you know, talk to him, invite him to play like poker and stuff. And so he actually develops a bond with them. And then when they're pretty much all wiped out. Yeah. Except for one and, guy. Yeah. And they were like, oh man, well, there's nothing we can do. Call it, recall the unit. He actually goes to like get revenge. Yeah. So I thought it was, that's a very interesting way of like, this could be a good series where it's more about, yeah, um, the relationships, the units that he's with, you know, maybe how he's always losing people, you know, because he's a machine. Mm. And, I, I liked how the war, him. the war couldn't be won as well when he realized that. Yeah. That was interesting. Mm -hmm. That was an interesting yeah. take. Yeah. Like, yeah. It would be very interesting, this character. And I, I would like to see more. It was pretty funny when we had Chuck Dixon on, he was saying like, he wanted to show that the fucking Viet Cong were bad guys because people were just painting them as good village organizers. I was, I was like, they, they certainly weren't organ. They were organizers, fucking terrible, fucking evil ones, but they were organizers. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, the man in the black pajamas, a worthy adversary um, for the big Lebowski. But um, yeah, no, it was enjoyable. I, uh, what did I give it, Rich? I gave it an eight. What did you give it? Eight. Yep, I eight. agree. Yeah, cool. Uh, then we come to Trade of the Week. Now, it was your Trade of the Week, Rich? Did you want to set up was Green Lantern Star Trek? Um, yes, I've had this one on my to-read pile for quite a while. Uh, it's basically it's called Spectrum War. It's the it's the Star Trek, but it's the J.J. Abrams. What yes. do they call it? What do they call that timeline? The 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 J.J. verse or something, isn't it? No, it's called something else. The Kelvin um, timeline. Yeah, that's it. The Kelvin timeline. I don't know why they call it, but um, they do. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's basically it's kind of like an obviously it's an Elseworlds, but it's where. Um, the DC lost the kind of the blackest night kind yes. of yep. scenario um, uh, and Ganthet sort of does something called the last light where um, he sort of pulls some ring bearers into like an uh, alternate timeline yep. or alternate universe dimension. and all that sort yeah. of stuff. But the, the problem is, is obviously, uh, in which they find out later, is that they he also brings Necron, because Necron is also part of the spectrum and all that sort of crap and all that. So, um, But, yeah, it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> art could have been a bit better, um, you know, but, I mean, it is an IDW book. So, yeah. you know, you've got to expect not always the best art, sadly. When it comes to IDW, but uh, an interesting story, and um, it was interesting. Obviously, a Klingon got the yellow ring. Yeah, <laughs> for fear, uh, a uh, Romulan got the the greedy one. I couldn't remember who the lizard people were. Was that supposed to be they're the Gorns? They're, they're in um. Yeah, like... that's from the original one where he fights him on the yeah. on the planet. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, th yeah, that's who they were. Yeah, obviously they get a rage one, and um, then Chekhov. And Ahura get uh, oh and McCoy yeah McCoy. get a ring. Uh, Chekhov gets the blue. Um, 
Uhura gets the pink, I think. Uhura gets pink and um, Bones gets indigo, which is compassion. Right. Which is funny because they only saw us being more compassionate. Just got Do you know what I mean? Stuff, yeah. Like he gets a better bedside manner, which I thought was quite funny. That was a bit funny. Um, yeah. And then uh, Scotty actually like kind of like backwards engineered a kind of ring. I actually uh, hated. It, I actually hated that he did that. I thought that was stupid. But well, it's not an actual ring. So basically, it's just a ring that can create a force field and and shoot a stun gun from it. But it's not an actual like. Um, did it's you not a, did you like that bit or did you think that was lame? Because I thought that was. Uh, lame. I thought it was fine because obviously because there's another there's another volume to this apparently. Oh, really? There's a continuation. So this is almost like its own now separate timeline where the Green Lanterns stay. Right. The the lanterns all stay in this universe and now. It's going on a different. So this is a completely Elseworlds type of story where even the Star Trek stuff is going on a different, yeah, uh, a different path. So um, it makes sense that they would obviously try and backwards engineer some kind of ring. I suppose so. You know, I just thought it was a bit easy. Like for he just came out with it. Like I was like, really? Well, I did like. I was like, oh, you know, who wants to give it a try and all that? And then like, uh, I think it was Hell's like, oh wow. So you made a guess. Well, I don't know if I have yet. If Sulu survives this. Yeah. Then and maybe and I was like, but he doesn't tell Sulu that he's just like, give it a go, buddy. Like, yeah. crack it up. I was like, that was hilarious. Like, he's like, he could have killed him. <laughs> well, because Sulu, uh, Sulu uh, didn't get a ring. Sulu didn't get a ring until then. Did yeah, they? yeah. And in fact, um, they had to put a compassion ring on um, Spock. Mm. So in this universe, Carl Rayner is killed, and he was the White Lantern. Yeah. And so uh, there was no way to defeat Necron. And so when they got to this universe, um, uh, they said they needed a being who can sort of master all of the rings and all that, but no one can do that. And then um, Kirk gets an idea and he tells Bones to give him the purple ring, the indigo ring, mm. and he puts it on. And once Spock gets compassion, all the other rings choose him. Uh, to combine into the into like a white lantern, which I thought was interesting because what it's saying is that Spock would be worthy once he started being more in touch with his emotions. So one of the reasons, so the reason that the rings never chose him is because it was too logical. Yes, you know, there's no emotion. But once he got a ring on that sort of unlocked his emotion, then all the rings are like, "Yep, you're worthy. You you you're you know good enough to be a white lantern." Which I thought was a good. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, I mean, it was pretty, it also it's pretty it up that well. it's the. It just sucks that it's the Kelvin guys. I would have loved to have seen them as Thank the, you. I was going to say, I wish it had been Shatner and his crew. Um, I just, because I'm like, why does it have to? Because they're the exact same, like sort of the same characters, really. Uh, why couldn't it have been Shatner? But I guess they they, they had the likeness rights for Chris Pine and his, his gaggle of idiots. Um, Plus at the time, this was the, this yeah. was the reboot of Star Trek. So Yeah, but fuck that noise. You know what I mean? I know. I don't agree, but I'm saying that's obviously the reason why they did it is because yeah. those were the movies that well, were out. Well, I'm so going to drop a bombshell on you now in terms of Star Trek. My pick after next week, which is going to be Firestorm um, for Aaron's pick, is going to be the Star Trek Mirror Universe, the original series. Uh, it is a graphic novel. Um, of the oh. So, you know, remember the Mirror Universe in the original series? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's uh, Mike Barr, who wrote Batman for a long time, did a did a... Did a series of books on it, which are collected in one trade, called the Mirror Universe um, Star Trek. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do that, and that is the original Star Trek, guys. But um, yeah. So I had some comments. Look, I look I overall enjoyed it with some reservations. Like, 
Agreed, the art, it's that kind of weird, static IDW style. Like, it's not bad, but it's not great. Yeah, it doesn't feel like there's any motion to the art. Yeah, it's very very non-dynamic. It just feels like still images. Yes, exactly. Yes, that. Um, Carol's outfit made me laugh, dude. Like... Her well, that, that was the new one they did to, like, desexify her to sh- make her show less skin back in the day, unfortunately. What are you talking about? This, this shows tons of skin. There's a thing no, that... No, it doesn't. There, there, there's, there's a thing on her chest that barely covers her fucking tits at all, man. Like, they're just... No, that's the... No, that's that that's an emblem. What? What do you mean? <laughs> it's not actually... It's not showing skin. It's, Isn't it? It's, no. Oh, I thought it was. Yeah, she's covered from head to toe. Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought that that was kind of like some weird. No, the old Sapphire had the big cleavage. Yeah, and, yeah, okay. And the bikini, almost kind of like where the legs. Well, I prefer the I prefer the old Sapphire. No, this bit. one is covered from head to toe, no skin oh. showing except for the like the mouth. Well, again, the art made that a bit unclear because when I saw it, I was like, "Wow!" Like her, like I was like, "She really is her." Her cleavage. <laughs> I thought it was she was literally wearing something like almost like Lady Gaga would wear on stage, kind of barely covering her body, and it made me. It just made me laugh. I mean, really, that was all. Mm-hmm. Um, I was disappointed that it was the JJ Star Trek character models. Uh, Tomo mm-hmm. Ray always dies. He dies off screen almost. Like why? Why that's is Tom- not, that's not Tomo Ray? So you can isn't, calm down. Isn't Tomo Ray the sort of fish headed guy? The no, that's guy? his son. I've told you this before, oh, well, Dave. Whatever, Tom died ages ago. But whatever, dude. They're, they're, they're almost the same to me. Like It's what? because they're... Ca- no, no, no. It's because their character is so recognisable, mate. I so love that character. They, they always, yeah, but they're always going to kill the characters that are most recognisable. So that's why they killed off Sa- uh, Salek, right. right? You see him, which is... He's the, the four-armed guy who's always... He's always part of the Green Lantern, you know, yeah. core. Yeah. And again, Tomar, uh, Tomar Ray and Tomar Toe, because they've got that unique, that look that I everyone that associates look. with, those are the characters they're always going to kill if, you, if you're going to be doing a story. They cannot. Well, no, but, yeah, but if they just drew some random Green Lantern, you wouldn't go, you'd just be like, oh, who's that? They have to kill no, okay. the, the... All right, all right. You've got to kill the people that people recognize, otherwise... I know, but you know point? I love Tomar Ray and his son. I just want more stories of them. Well, they both did now, anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, well, but don't you remember that Tomar Ray was the Green Lantern of Krypton? Jesus Christ, Dave, you don't have to remind me about this every <laughs> single goddamn time. <laughs> I like to, though, because I know it annoys you. Um, and, yeah, this was an alternate version of Blackest Night, right? It seemed like this was the Blackest Correct. Night where they lost. Yeah, okay. Because it was yeah. kind of dark that they um, just, uh, you know, lose, basically, and they go to another universe. Um, I will say this. And you'll probably shoot me down in flames. Um, I just get a little bit over all the different colours. You know, I'm just like, oh, God. Like, I know this was Jeff Johns' big fucking thing, but I think that was where I was dropping off his run, where it was like everyone was a different colour and stuff. And I don't know. I just find it a bit lame. Like, but I know that was his big thing. So maybe I they, they, they sort of wheel the concept out here, and it kind of works. And, like... As a crossover, this is actually pretty well done. It's a challenge. Green yeah. Lantern and the Star Trek are pretty. Uh, they're not that similar. You know what I mean? Like, uh, sort I, of. I don't mind the the rainbow uh, shit because obviously it expands the mythos. And one, it gives them more people to fight than just the yellow rings. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. what I like is that you've got the 
Obviously, you've got Orange, Agent Orange, um, Lafries. So that's just one guy, though, because so, he never will share the, the ring. So there's another villain. Then, obviously, you've got Sinestro, who's been around for years and, and stuff. So there's a, the villain. And then you've got uh, Atrocitus through the red. I like so the orange one. one. I like the orange one a lot. Yeah. So, so there's villains. So at least three of the colors are villains. Good. Um, it's the purple the, and blue that I hate. Well, no, the purple purple I like because what I liked is the reveal that the purple is actually it's actually um, kind of like lobotomizing people. So it's actually a lot of the rings have been put on criminals. Oh, um, really? And it basically, again, makes them compassionate and they're all running around going knock and all that. But what it's revealed is that when if the rings go out or they lose power or something happens... Mm. All those criminals just go, what the fuck? What's it been? Oh, my God. I've got uh, a and question. They, and I've they're back question. to being savage. I've got a question. All those different rings, not just Hal's, do they all need to be recharged? Or does yeah. even yeah, all, all rings have to be recharged. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I will say this. I rank Sinestro. He'd be in my top 10 DC villains for sure. I like him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I also... Especially he, since Jeff Johns took over. 100%. Um, I also... It's funny, though, because he's in, like, old episodes of Super Friends and stuff as well. Like, he's always there around the table at the Legion of Doom and stuff. Um, but back then, he was just that sort of man- maniacal... Yeah, he was. Know, like, mustache twirling. twirling yeah, villain. he was, yeah. But but it's funny that he was around. Um, mm. I also like the orange guy, because um, he's so fucking nuts. Um, yeah, Lafrey's Agent Orange. No, no, not him. No, sorry, the red guy. The red, the red guy. Oh, Atrocitus. Yeah. Is he in Jeff Johns' stuff much? Yeah, that well, Jeff, yeah, Jeff and and um, Ethan Van Skyver, Ethan, uh, yeah, creator, him, yeah, 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 he's cool. Um, yeah, look, honestly, I, look, there were bits of it where I, I, I think sometimes I'm just a bit superheroed out, and when they're all just powering up with their rings, my eyes mm-hmm. glaze over a little bit. But at the same time, it's a pretty well told story. Uh, it's a challenging concept because I don't think that Star Trek and Green Lantern uh, are super similar. And I think that the writers did a good job. The art is a bit static, but it's just got this job done. And I thought they handled the Star Trek people well. They handled everyone quite well, I think, which is a big part of these crossovers, giving, you know, having to handle both franchises and do it well with a pretty even hand. I, I thought, yeah, they did, like, a good job. I mean, I'd give it a 7.5 out of 10. And it wasn't my favourite stuff I've ever read. But it was a good read. It was a light read. I think it was one of your better picks in recent history, actually, frankly, Rich. I think, you know, you've given us some stuff recently where people have been going, what's going on? Where's Rich? He's in Europe. He's in. He's deep in Italy. Uh, I'm pretty sure you, <laughs> that's only you, Dave. I'm pretty sure most of the listeners have enjoyed my picks. <laughs> well, regardless, Rich, I think this was one of your best picks in quite some time. I found it enjoyable. I'm giving it 7.5 out of 10, and I would happily read the sequel at some point too. Yeah, I'll, I will, I'll probably pick it because it'll be interesting yeah. to see what the, how this universe sort of continues in, like, it, you know, what their plan for it and all that was. So, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely pick that another time. You know, um, it was when... And I, th- I also scored at about 7.5, so we've cool. been scoring pretty... Pretty similar. Pretty similar this week. Well, we and I think you're in a much better mood this week. I, I really think that this girlfriend's been the best thing for you because you've been less argumentative. You know, you, you, although you did make the very controversial comments about about TJ Miller and Ryan Reynolds, which frankly I would not. I was going to say I think I've been just as controversial <laughs> as I've always been. <laughs> you, 
I've, I've even slapped you down a couple of times. You accused me of showing a bit of pro Ryan Reynolds fanaticism. Uh, no, very... I did not accuse you. I rightfully pointed out <laughs> your your biases. <laughs> so, um, what else was I going to I was going to say something else. Oh, yeah, something else I would recommend here, Rich, if you like this uh, crossover. When Connor was on, we did the Star Trek Planet of the Apes crossover, and it was really good, actually. Um mm-hmm. Uh, it was probably a bit better than this, and it was the original. I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty confident it was the original team, um, like Kirk and all that, and um, it, it tied into the actual Planet of the Apes first movie as well. It was actually really. Okay. It was quite good, actually. I I would recommend it. Star Trek Planet of the Apes crossover they did um, also by IDW probably around the same time as this. You know, um, yeah, it was good. It was good value. Uh, now, turning to some show stuff. So next week, we're going to have Aaron, the head moss, on. Uh, we're going to be doing the first 10 issues of John Ostrander's Firestorm. Aaron is a big Firestorm fan. He's a big fan in general of DC in the 80s, Rich. So I think you two will have a lot of good stuff to deep dive into. Um, I'm going to pick some issues from the 80s to do in Weekly Comics. So it's going to be a retro episode. Um, if you've Quite a lot to read. Well, if you've got, I'll, I'll pick like three. Um, if you've got anything in particular you want, um, character-wise, tell me before next week. Mm-hmm. Um, what else was I going to say? We are proud members of the collective. Um, you've got shows like Inner Demons with Brian Biggie. You've got Into the Night with Ray. Uh, Capes and Lunatics, the Ultimate Spider cast. I'm on there this week with Phil and Ray. I did an episode, I want to say last week, with Lilith, Phil and Ray for their 200th episode. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, they are a really fun bunch. And it was lovely to chat to Lilith. It was the first time I think I'd spoken to her on any of the shows. Um, we know, So it was, yeah, it was, it was good fun. We had a good time. Uh, there are plenty of stuff on the Ghost Spider Groupies. You've got Trapped in a World, the Howard the Dog po- podcast. Plenty of stuff. Obviously, Signal um, has a Patreon. We really would appreciate it if you guys could back it. Uh, next Monday night, me and Dion are doing Mean Streets. Um, the on Cinema of Doom, and then coming up in the next couple of weeks, Richard and myself are going to be doing Once Upon a Time in the West, aren't we, Rich? We are indeed. Yeah, which is your pick. Um, so, yeah, the, and I'm looking very forward to it, man. I've owned the DVD, or the Blu-ray, actually, for probably 10 years, and I've finally got an excuse to sit down watching and really soak in it. You know, I know Henry Fonda's in it, I believe, um, mm-hmm. which I'm looking forward to because I enjoy Henry Fonda. Um, I also want to mention that I am watching The Longest Day, which is a really good war movie, Rich, if you've never seen it. Um, of course I have, mate. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Come on. I know, man. You, you are Mr. Uh, that's actually one thing I do rate about you, Rich. Like, you, you like your old movies, good. Good. You know, because that's the classics, the building blocks. Uh, anyway, yes. Yeah. I think everyone should read, the, uh, read uh, watch and read classics because that's how you learn. Exactly. Anything else you'd like to say to listeners? Yeah, we've officially announced that you're a taken man now, Rich. So you're off the market. Um, that's that's official. I did have you for sale, so I'll, I'll remove that <laughs> listing. Uh, I'll remove I'll remove that listing after this show. So if we get that news out there for the ladies, uh, I, as always with me, I mean I am officially taken, but available to rent. Um. <laughs> well, listen. I've I've already got a a pick, got? but I'll let you pick the the What's issue that you want. Sure. Pick a, an issue from All Star Squadron. Okay. All right. No worries. 
I will. I don't even know what that is. I've heard of it, I, but I, I will find it. It's it like- was a, it was another team book uh, that they did in the eighties, which was kind of like a replacement for the kind of like the Justice Society. Okay. So you had a, a quite a mix of characters in there. Like you'd obviously have your Hawkman, your mm. Hawkman, but then you'd also have stuff like Black Tarantula, uh, like is it called the Tarantula? Okay. Uh, Firebrand, Amazing Man. Um, <laughs> Never heard of this. Uh, the the original um, uh, Commander Steel. Is this um, DC? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Robot Man. Um, okay. Is it he from Doom Patrol? Is that him? Oh, the for, the original. So these are all the original. Oh. Uh, so so again. So Cliff wasn't the original Robot Man right. uh, in, in technically the DC universe. Yeah. Um, and neither was um, uh, obviously obviously the the the, the uh, Commander Steel. Right. I think he was just was he just called Steel? Steel, the the guy. In I think he was ju- he was just called Steel in the in the Justice League Detroit era. I think he was just called Steel. Right. But his grandfather was the original Commander Steel. Okay. Well, and he's I'm, in all yeah. stuff. So. All right. Well, that sounds. You remember that? You remember that book they did? Uh, uh, Golden Age. Yes. Yeah, so Jack that Trump's Golden Age, yeah. a lot of those characters in that Golden Age is basically a mixture of Justice Society and uh, All Star um, Squadron I, members. I just remembered something. Aaron's a massive fan of the Adam. Huge. He loves the, the Adam. Uh, the original Adam or the Ray no, Palmer? The Ray Palmer, the little guy, yeah. tiny guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is what's he in? Justice League, I guess. Is it? Well, he had his own book, and he was obviously in the Justice League. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we'll pick an Adam issue as well because I'll find I'll find an I'll I'll try to find an Adam issue because I I just remembered that he's a huge fan of the Adam. He loves the Adam. I like the Adam. I don't know much about the Adam, but I used to like that he went through telephone wise. Remember? How yeah. We well, I mean, if, if if you want to really mix it up and yeah. not, and not go for like obviously your big sure the 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 big three, you could maybe go. Um, Pick an issue from also Squadron. Pick an issue from uh, the Atom, and yeah, maybe yeah. even pick a, an issue from Zatanna. Okay, Zatanna. Something a little. Yeah, Zatanna had her own book in the eighties as well. Okay, what about that Batman? Did he have one? <laughs> Who's ba- Batman? Sounds familiar. <laughs> no, I like Zatanna. All right, fine. I, I've got some work to do, but but um, we will do that next week anyway. It's going to be a special episode. Um, please, if you have any people that you'd really like to get on the show, um. You know, reach out to me just uh, online. You can easily find me on Facebook. We're also at Twitter, obviously, at Signal of Doom. Uh, join, you know, join the Facebook page, uh, please, and give us a ranking and a rating on iTunes if you could. That's much appreciated. On that note, I want to say peace out. Good night. Good night. Good work, Rich. That was a great episode. Mm-hmm.